0: Hey,
1: folks, this is Eddie Trunk from That Metal Show and Sirius XM Radio and lifelong Kiss fan. You are listening to the Shout It Out Loud
2: cast with Tom and Zeus.
3: What's up there, Kiss Army? Tom and Zeus with another episode in another season of Shout It Out Loudcast, episode 157 Love Gun. Woo! What a way to open up season four!
1: Oh, Happy New Year 2022 with Love Gun. Oh, my goodness. What a way to kick off the year. Oh, no one, no one. Is more excited about this episode than this guy right
0: here
3: Yep, Uh, we know where this one, well, I shouldn't say we know for sure You think you know Yes, exactly Yeah, Yeah, Tom, New Year, we're all alive And uh, we're here to celebrate another season of Shout It Out Loudcast We're coming on with a bang Season 4 opening with one of the classics, Love Gun. Woo. Yes.
1: Yeah, this was a tradition that we've started recently. We try to start each year with a banger. Last year we did Creatures of the Night to start off the year. And uh, unless our schedule kind of changes without us kind of being aware of it, uh, we, we kind of have a kind of a banger of a January lined up here. So yeah. uh, we're we're, we're kind of fired up about what's going on here, not just this episode. Previously,
3: we started with Kiss, the debut album, mm-hmm. 2020. And then our first season we did our first real episode based on why we're different and we did the uh the uh, the draft by non-compilation favorite songs.
1: Yeah, that was pretty much the the whole genesis of the of this podcast. We we had that discussion we're like, let's do a show. Here we go, fucking season 4. Let's ask like probing
3: questions. If Gene Simmons <laughs> Knocked on your front door. Would you open it for him? (laughs) If Paul Stanley lost his cell phone, would you let him borrow yours to make an emergency call? If Peter Chris (laughs) called you, would you pick up? Do you like kiss?
1: (laughs) Oh, man.
3: Oops. Oops. Um, (laughs) Oops! I would thought you know. Let me tell you the genesis of the oops. Years ago, when I had a uh, had a mortgage company along with my closing law office, the mortgage company had about forty or fifty people. Cubicles, big show, fucking everything was were, were really big. There was one lady; she was a middle aged mom, and the originators sitting next to her cube used to tell me that she would fucking fight all the time, and then she would go, "Oops." <laughs> 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 look, I'm like, what? She would go, oops. And so like she dropped something. Like, like it was an accident. <laughs> yeah. Oops. They would smell it. And then
1: she would go,
0: oops. And she was like, I remember
3: her. She was like a cute middle-aged woman. Yeah,
1: like, did she oh. do that? Did, did she do that in the office?
3: No, she did that when they were counting down and shout at the devil tracks. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> Speaking of shout of the devil, holy shit, dude. Yeah. Wow. That that's uh that's a
3: pretty popular album that, review crew episode. That huh? ARC
1: episode is absolutely crushing it. You you Ugh. guys have turned you guys have turned that thing into a friggin' monster for us. So thank you. Wow. Yeah,
3: yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. So thank you for that. Yeah. But as we always do we always look back on the previous episode last week. We did a uh, year in review, which we always do at the end of the year, talk about all our episodes. Uh, and we did a poll, like I think based upon uh, what our favorite, uh, what your favorite episode was, right?
1: Yes. Yep. And uh, the options were review of the revenge album, our Eddie trunk interview, our kiss biography, two part review, or our kiss cruise, two part recap. And everybody loved the Kiss Cruise recap. Everybody liked, like, like really the votes were spread out a lot here. Uh, We had 33% for the Kiss Cruise recap, 29% for the Eddie trunk interview. uh, And then tied at 19% was the revenge review and the kiss biography review. So clearly people like big topic reviews or big, big subject uh, interviews. Um, I like
3: that Tom, because it's four different things. Really?
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And we split yep. it
3: up and uh, it just worked out. Those are four of our more popular episodes. And they weren't like, oh, only our, you know, our breakdown of TV docs does really exceptionally well. Or, oh, only our album reviews or our big interviews. They yep. all do well and they're all likable. So that's great. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, it checked off each kind of box. It checked off an album review, an interview, a TV review, and then our uh, an experience slash review, you know, like the crew. So that was good. Um, moving on. Two six six zero eight fifty. Loved all the episodes, but the Kiss Cruise just stood out. You guys brought us aboard and made us feel what it was like on the boat and what it would have been like had we joined you guys. So much fun. Um, our buddy Bill Elam, Eddie Trunk, love him or hate him, he was there during a very fast-changing time in Kiss history. Great episode. Gerald Rosenberg, my favorite was Kiss Trivia Three. <laughs> this was the first episode I ever heard, and I've been hooked ever since. Jerky Boys, Frank Williams, Revenge of the Nerds, Da Whoopi, <laughs> Godfather, and Kiss. What's not to love? Happy New Year, gents. And keep up the great work. Da whoopie. <laughs> <You> know, People <laughs> don't know
3: what that one's from. That's that Miss Howard Stern fucking New Year's Eve pageant. Remember?
1: Brutal. Oh, you, Br- know, brutal.
3: you know, Da Whoopi
1: looks awful. Da- prettier after you drink some of this i can't say it <laughs> <Man>. oh, <laughs> Bad. oh my god yeah our, our buddy wes uh since i wasn't a table since i wasn't able to attend it it was cool to hear all, all about all the shenanigans i missed and the great concerts by kiss and bruce's band on the cruise the nightly snore fest was an added bonus hell yeah lee bruton kiss cruise recap an in-depth review mixed with concert footage feels like i was on board uh, and then he does a little gif of isaac from the love boat that was great Heavy Mayo says my favorite was meeting you guys at Great Woods. <laughs> Hell yes. That was amazing. That's right. And we have pictures to prove it. Todd Steele. I like the soundboard review because I laughed so much. It brought me to tears. I've listened to it four times. <coughs> wow. Holy shit. Well, you know what? Come it's on, funny. Tokyo. Todd. It's funny. Cause Todd has listened to that episode more than I've listened to that horrible album. <laughs> So good for Todd. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. Our buddy Steve. So many great episodes to pick from. Thanks for another great year, but nothing will beat the best rendition of You Wanted the Best. A great review that was just like being there, but without having to endure the vomit and bukkake, sunny (laughs) pooty, barutal snoring. Oh, man, that's true. God, kiss, cruise, karaoke. Woo. Uh, let's see. And then we got a couple more things to get to before we move over to Facebook with Zeus, uh, Ken and Satan service. Great episode, guys. I can't wait to see what you come up with in 2022. Uh, these are some general episode comments. Uh, let's see. Stealth. I am so going to enjoy this kiss and the Godfather are my two favorite things. Referring to our kiss remake of the Godfather. <laughs> Kasana, La Porte. <laughs> Uh, Oh, and then we got shit on by a couple of Australian uh, gentlemen about not knowing who Rose Tattoo is. The only thing we know about Rose Tattoo is that Guns N' Roses cover them on GNR Lies. If they're a big deal in Australia, sorry, we don't know anything about them. Yes, and they're also on the Mork Dork Cruise. Oh, Jesus (laughs) Christ. What what are they, serving drinks? Are they fucking mopping up the men's room?
3: No, uh, that would be the rest of the fucking bands.
1: Oh oh yeah that's right yeah no you're right pink cream 69 <laughs> is the headliner for uh, the friday event no no crazy licks is gonna take that over oh please we had people praising crazy Lick. first of all crazy licks spelled l-i-x-x <laughs> that, that is like a band that opens for like a stripper at the golden banana they should have three x's if they really want to be if yeah. they like, really want to be edgy instead of yeah.
3: pink cream 69 tom that's what i just said yeah yeah like that i'm saying like go there if you're gonna go there go there
1: oh higher wind fire wind
3: fire wind they're from greece they like this greek power metal band I've got to be related to one of them. There's no the, the, the way. are ver- like the Greek version <laughs> of like man of war. <laughs> <That's> fucking- <laughs> in the meantime, they're running a diner on the cruise too. While they're doing that. You get they're some- selling they're selling, they're throwing friggin' gyros at <laughs> <in> the crowd. <laughs> and they're getting what are your Greek style pizza? You can get a salad there, they'll make it with some Kalamata olives. And they they stay, instead of sm-
1: confetti, <laughs> instead of confetti at the end of the show, they, they shoot feta <laughs> out of the fucking machine,
3: <laughs> and fucking breaking plates like <laughs> Richard Klein's character does on Three's Company. Murph, <laughs> see how it all connects there.
1: I love it. I love at it. Jack's Bistro, <laughs> everything connects,
3: dude. And these are the fucking artists. That somehow rival the Kiss crews, apparently, right? Oh oh, yeah,
1: of course, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, Zeus is choking. He's so excited. Yeah, these
3: Mork Dork bands are like, oh the fuck, fuck walking on Kiss. Uh,
1: Just as like,
3: dude, shut the fuck up. (laughs) These bands are fucking horrendous. As I said, all these bands have like two to three, four good songs, just like those Jamboree artists used to do, like. Like Motown would bring like 20 artists yeah. to play, and each of them had like three, four hits. But nobody wants to listen to the whole fucking set full of that shit. It doesn't mean no. that some songs aren't good. Yeah. But fucking, you want to listen to a, an hour and a half of fucking uh <laughs> No, it's it, it, it's, um, it's 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 good. An hour and a half of fucking Michael Monroe. <laughs>
1: Dude, it's like when the fucking source hip hop awards would come out. I don't need to watch DJ quick for 45 minutes. Come out, play me one song that everybody knows and beat it.
3: Exactly. So, you know, there's some sort of like fucking fathers of hip hop, you know, cool. modes out there. Fucking Dougie fresh fucking uh, JJ fad. Like, they're all doing their one or two hits. We big listen. daddy Kane's <laughs> big big daddy Kane's coming out there and freaking he works, Tom. He works. Oh, oh absolutely but like, does. But then you know, listen, talking, could you imagine listening to JJ Fad for like an hour and a half set? <laughs> we know you played supersonic, play some deep cuts. We don't have any. Play some deep cuts. <laughs> we're JJ Fad. And we're here to rock. <clears throat> <laughs> That's the Morkdor Cruise. Fucking so a bunch of them with fucking three or four good songs. And it was like, oh god. But the worst is, like, we think they have like two, three good songs. The Morkdorks are like, oh, what are you talking about? And yeah, they're playing their their sixth album that came out in nineteen ninety seven. They're gonna play the whole album straight through,
1: <laughs> dude. What you t- the, dude, Lillian Axe is gonna play. out. Remember that tour, Lillian Axe rocks Beirut. They're playing that entire set list
0: this week. <laughs> <right. laughs>
1: <laughs> they're gonna play on acoustic, an
3: acoustic set. Oh wow, they're really that talented. No, they just can't afford electric instruments, so they have to play an acoustic no. set.
1: <laughs> There's no electric on the fucking cruise, it's a friggin'
3: sailboat. <laughs> talking about you know, fucking they're fantastic. What are you talking about? <laughs> Dude, enough of this shit. I'm sorry. We we shit on these guys. We like some of the songs from some of these artists. I don't want to hear it. I don't want our fucking goddamn episode. Review of Love Gun to to fucking listen to tweets bitching about the merits of Chris Holmes's solo band, right? I don't I don't want that tying up my fucking timeline
1: with stupid shit. Yeah, I don't. No one needs to hear how good you think Bisto Blanco is.
3: <laughs> okay, that's what we're talking about
1: that's the new T-shirt. Be talking about <laughs> what are you talking about. Like uh, I just bought the box set last week set two cassettes one song on each side it's fucking amazing
3: yeah cassettes i just bought it after bought the ace fraley fucking box set of
1: cassettes
3: which which is a real thing i saw people sharing i saw people sharing pictures of that that is the perfect example of why do you have that yeah why do you have (laughs) are you are you gonna play these no Do you even have a cassette player why do you have that do you oh, okay. like cassettes?
1: <laughs> if Ace Fraley gave you a cassette of his music, would you keep it? Yeah, I'm gonna play it in my 88 Monte Carlo as I'm driving myself to school.
3: <laughs> if Ace Fraley was broken down in his car, would you give him a
1: lift? Oh, we really? this is gonna be a six hour episode. <laughs> Real
3: <laughs> probing <laughs> questions, Tom.
1: Yeah. Show Dick some respect. All right, Tom. Where were we? Oh, all right. We got so we got that out of our system. Uh, we were going to go to you for some Facebook shit. Uh,
3: <laughs> all right. Over on the Book of Face, Tom, Mister Jepson, our buddy Kevin Jepson says, "LOL, fun review of the year. Too many one-liners as usual to list. Cracking up as usual, especially the Godfather stuff. <laughs> you can act like a man." Congrats on another excellent year. And can't wait for you guys uh, to see what you have in store. Thanks for all the hard work you put in. Kevin, you're the man, brother. We love you. Love you, Kevin. You're awesome, buddy. Yep. Um, let's go over to Loudcasters. Kelly, Jem, Blair. Love and appreciation to the best podcast ever. Each wow. week, I feel like I'm hanging out with my best buddies. Looking forward to next month's Forbes magazine feature article on small businesses of the year honoring Chris and kusanho landscaping.
1: <laughs> That's awesome. Happy New Year, guys. Thank you. Happy New Year to you. That's awesome. Thank you.
3: Yep. Matt Wallace. Uh-oh. <laughs> I know.
1: <laughs> Here it comes.
3: Yeah. I know I come across as some kind of crazy, strange freak. And you are absolutely correct, but I truly love listening to each episode. And it's one of the few things I look forward to each week that helps me get through the crazy life I live. Thank you for all you guys do. It means more than you know. Sorry to cut the comments short, but here we go.
2: Here it comes.
3: I've been rock hard for over an hour. It's time to dispense this baby gravy into the guest bathroom hand towel. Don't forget to wash and dry your face. Class act. We love him.
1: (laughs) He just couldn't be serious for an entire comment. He tried. Couldn't do it.
3: Nope. Uh, Anyways. So let's go over to YouTube. YouTube. (laughs) Surfer fan. Thank you for another great episode. Glad you mentioned the long episodes. We all appreciate them. Make it easy to listen in one setting or put, it do, or put it on doing chores or break it up over two or three days. Exactly. Perfectly stated, Surfer fan. You are one smart man, and thank you for the listening. Yep. Um, Mr. Antonio 2005, Tom. All right. Happy New Year's, boys. This is going to be a long response because I wrote a scene from the much-anticipated Godfather of Kiss screenplay. Oh, shit. A little brack, a, a little breakdown. Mo Green is played by Ace in this scene in Vegas Hotel, where Michael, we'll call him Paul Stanley, has come to buy out Ace's share in the Kiss Company. (laughs) All the dialogue is Ace. Yeah, let's talk business, Paul. First of all, you're all done. Your vocal cords don't even have that kind of muscle anymore, Curly. And the dawn of thunder should focus on getting the people their 2020 Dubai <laughs> concept material.
0: Happy instead anniversary of, to that.
3: Instead of tweeting about tree planting in crypto, <laughs> you're getting <laughs> blown off the stage by Kiss Cruise 10 by Kulik, Kern, Fitz, and the other guy. <laughs> what do you think is going on here? You think you can replace me with a duplicate spaceman or an ant warrior? I talked to Chip Magoo. I can make the deal with him and still keep my solo band. And I get a free lifetime supply of filet fish from McDonald's
1: to be continued. <laughs> oh, wow. That's a script right there, brother. Dude,
3: that fits. It yep. fits. And that's those like almost exact dialogue there. Perfect. With, with Kiss uh, themes uh, added to it. But oh, love my it. God, that's perfect. I love it. Oh, that's fantastic. Anthony Stratus. Happy New Year's, guys. Thanks for the laughs and banter. Marty White. My favorite episode of the year was the one with Baco, because he was the most unforgiving. My girlfriend, who has a steroid problem, and is built like Lou Ferrigno, <laughs> prefers any episode with Quesada because she thinks he's a no-nonsense straight shooter. She might have a crush on him. I've considered asking her, but I'm scared she'll hit me again. <laughs> nice yeah and uh tom i over back to you with any emails
1: all right we got daniel LeBlanc year in review 2021 my first year listening to shout it out loudcast and one of my top picks from 2021 is episode 115 saint and sinner that was that one with that random kind of behind the scenes interview uh with uh paul and gene where they kind of got in a little little snippy fight there Uh, He says, I had only seen an excerpt of that interview, and your discussion gave me a different perspective on why Gene answered the questions the way he did. Looking forward to catching episodes as they are released in 2022. Take care and all that, Daniel LeBlanc. Thanks, buddy. Uh, This is from Greg Herbert, and it titles the email, S-I-O-L TARD. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh, that's a new term. (laughs) Greetings from Australia. Uh, I hope you're doing well and have survived the festive season. I'm currently on a mission to finish all the SIOL podcasts ASAP. Started December 10th with episode one. 24 days later, I'm up to episode 70, Paul's solo album. I like each episode as I go on Instagram, then check what pictures and videos are posted at the time. I also listen to new episodes as they are posted to keep track. When I finally listen to all of them, then and only then will I be worthy to wear my new SIOL t shirt to the Melbourne concert. On February 20th. Woo. Awesome. That's awesome. And then he goes on a rant about how we don't know anything about Rose Tattoo, which is hilarious.
3: That's um, one of the bands on the Mork Dork.
1: Cruise, exactly. Right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, one, uh, one last
3: thought about that whole fucking yeah. thing, Tom. Go ahead. One last thought. Yeah. If someone is so passionate about, like, these artists and they're fucking great and this and this and that. And, oh, well, you compare and Kiss and that. Here's a thought. No one's doing one. Have a fucking mork
1: dork fucking podcast. I'm with you. Do it. Do, do a, on it. No, I'm, I'm, I'm totally serious. And, and do it focused on those bands and why they're so awesome. If that's what you like. Talk about their careers. Talk <laughs> about their sixth live album. Talk about the box set of, uh, you know, mini discs. Talk CDs, about whatever. their fucking Lyft
3: uh, ratings and their fucking Uber ratings. Yeah. Who gives a fuck? But yep. isn't that a great opportunity for someone to go fuck and say, you know what? Everyone else is doing podcasts around me. I listen to podcasts. I'll do a walk dork podcast.
1: Yeah. Episode right? one, Lillian Axe, the rise and fall. Stay tuned. Mm-hmm. Grand opening. Grand closing. <laughs> uh, by the way, this email um, from Greg Herbert is actually Greg Valentine. Oh, Greg is awesome. He's
3: yes. all over our Instagram. Yes. That's why that's why all I get these notifications every once in a while, Greg, boom, pop up, pop up. Like he likes. I'm like, dude, why is he why am I getting likes or something from like,
1: you know, 20 weeks ago. Yep. That's why um, and then he then he has a couple of little private messages uh, at the end that we we'll, we can we can kind of discuss and that's maybe respond his kind of re-
3: personal sp- private business
1: time exactly well it doesn't look like you're doing any business yeah but Greg thank you for the email and uh in terms of uh, your the P S segment of your email uh, we will respond to you on that bunny thank you and then we got one here from uh, an old listener he goes his email goes by the name of Rush is Lee Lifeson oh yes, yes that's very they old
3: one of our original email
1: lists. Back- Back from 2019, Anthony. Yes, he sends us a nice email saying, uh, "Sayonara 2021. Fantastic. Nice to hear the recap of all your shows from 2021, and the show deservedly continues to grow." I always sit through the beginnings. I never fast forward because I like hearing your genuine appreciation week after week for us, the fans. I've just <laughs> dis- I've discussed many things I never knew about Kiss. Yes, in all caps. Thanks to you two guys. One of these discoveries was Don Lane and how you pointed out how genuine and cool Don was, especially in talking with Ace about being from the Bronx and how they both went to DeWitt Clinton High School. Gene, of course, has to be the center of attention and had the camera follow him when he sat in a girl's lap in the audience. Those two were left behind and could barely be heard talking about their old neighborhood, which was a lot more interesting, in my opinion. Pretty awesome to hear Ace just talking to Don like a regular guy about the old days, and that's why we love Ace. He always seemed the most accessible and just plain cool and real. Don was very appreciative and seemed like a real fan of the band, which made it that much better. The other thing I was hoping that you'd mention that I never heard before. Once again, it's Ace. Now, is that what he does? That first 10 seconds of that interview is a Mount Rushmore Ace moment. From the deadpan look on Ace's face to the pause between no and is that what he does? It's a classic. uh, Uh, oh, did I just say that moment? It took me so long to find that clip after you played the original, but now I have it <laughs> saved in my YouTube. Thanks to you guys. Happy 22 Anthony. And then he says, PS I like the Mount Rushmore moment thing. And I'm going to see if maybe you guys with Pooney and Quesada would do a top five Mount Rushmore events of the original four with ACE, Peter, Paul, and Gene. uh Oh, that could be trouble. Yeah. But it, yep. Anthony thank you buddy that's awesome it's n- nice to hear from you buddy thank you much appreciated and those are the emails that we got Zeus
3: yeah that Mount Rushmore thing is something that we've kind of kicked around for a little bit but we, we want to get through all the episodes and talk about all the songs before we start ranking Because otherwise then what's the point of us showing sharing our rankings
1: yeah you can't do a Mount Rushmore we oh still- yeah that's
3: my number yeah. one that's my number two okay now let's review it well
1: right yeah, we no still idea. have we still have a ton of albums, a ton of DVDs, like t- uh, tours, all that, a ton of stuff to get to. Yep.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, that's, and it's always fascinating, fun stuff. So, I mean. Yes. Yep. Yeah. The one thing about that um, Ace interview thing, I'll just never forget. I think it was one of those late night by myself discoveries when I first heard that. Yep. And I'm just like jumping off the wall, I think, to be like, will somebody be awake early enough so I can send this to him? Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> I think it's just the the phrase that the guy used. Like, Oh, oh. Paul Stanley is he gay? Is, do you know if Paul Stanley's a homosexual? Uh, Paul Stanley, ever seen him sucking a cock? <laughs> like the guy, that's what they and,
1: and they. Oh, that
0: what <laughs> I mean, he
3: does?
1: <laughs> like what? Oh, it's not hey. us. It's the interviewer. Yeah, that's right.
3: And finally, Tom. I got one last thing on our Instagram page. Okay. This is from Radio Chaos. All right. Oh, mate. This is the funniest shit I've ever heard. Uh Uh-oh. The cruise ships being infected by shitty bands (laughs) floored me. (laughs) Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year to you both. Listening to this has made 2021 in the lockdowns bearable. Thank you from Down Under. Well, Radio Chaos, for making us laugh and for that funny comment, you, my friend, are the first comment of the week for the year 2022. Thank you. Good answer.
0: Good answer. I like the way you think. I'm going to be watching you.
1: Fantastic. Thank you, buddy. That's awesome. Love it. Love it.
3: Speaking of funny comments, Tom. <laughs> Uh-oh. Not that we're going to beat up on the Mork dogs some more. Our buddy and great Patreon fucking shit stirrer, Michael Murphy. Oh, had man. A, had a great comment about the bands. Where I think we were joking. I think Sonny made a comment to us. Oh, and I posted it online because that's me and you. Yeah. He said something like to try to get back at us. He was just saying like jokingly, oh, the grunge cruise. And then me, and both of you, word for word.
1: At the exact same time.
3: Exact same time. The exact same phrase we use. They're all dead. Yep. <laughs> and then we both did laughing emoji right afterwards. Yep. Unbelievable. I was like, I had to share it not because of the content. It was right. because, like, that's our sense of humor. We both get it. Right. And, you know, we're self-deprecating about that because we're laughing. Yeah, all the grunge bands are dead. They can't do a cruise. And then somebody fucking and Michael Murphy put something up there about, like, yeah, it'll be the third member of this shit band, this band, this band. And they're like, yeah, see, they get it. And he's like, No. I was joking. In order to have this, I'd have to compare to the shitty grunge bands to the shitty crappy bands of the board.
1: (laughs) Mike Murphy fucking hits it out of the park.
3: (laughs) He is a shitster.
1: I love it. I love it. That
3: was hilarious. Yeah, I got to fucking tip my hat to him. Oh, my God. Bravo,
1: Mike. That was a good one, brother.
3: Yes. Now, Tom. Yes. One of the things we started last year was our Patreon account. Yes. And um, one year into it, we are so proud, so fortunate uh, to have this family that has been created, their generosity, their helpfulness, their friendship, their camaraderie has made our Patreon account, I don't know, bigger and better than anything we could ever have imagined. Mm -hmm. Um, And we're only one year into this. Uh, I recently... Got a chance to kind of reach out a little specifically because it's you know, we try to make sure that everybody got their stickers, got their t-shirts, got their stuff, got their ARC album pick in. We're Mm -hmm. doing that, we're doing the poll now for we finalized it down to four albums, and we're all picking those four albums to see what will be the next ARC uh album that we review. Holy shit, has it been a ton of fun with
1: those guys? It's yeah. it's amazing. You guys are the best. Uh, one year in, like Zeus said, and um, what you guys have done for us and turned this Patreon family into just an amazing uh, group of people. It's a blast that uh, everybody's interacting on the Patreon app. You know, some conversations that are just a ton of fun that we're not having on Facebook, we're not having on Twitter, we're not having on Instagram. Everybody jumping in, and then like Zeus said, throwing in the ARC Patreon pick has just been a a ton of fun. It looks like the voting might be done. I think we got. I think we got our album. Yeah, it's it's going to be pretty crazy when it comes time to it. It's it's it's, no hints to you
3: guys, but no, no, no. Say like it's one of those things. Like I don't know if it was going to be a disaster or if it was going to be a great thing, but. I I think whatever way we like this album, whatever I think it's going to make you guys happy. Listen.
1: Oh hell yeah! It's yeah, not no going to be something like what? No 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 no! It's not going to be Firewind. Yeah.
3: <laughs> 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 Every time we say something about it, you make me open up the fucking image and lo- look at the bands on here, and <laughs> think. <laughs> It, it, it Let me see Tom Who's the next one It ain't going to be dangerous toys Rocks The Meadow Glen Mall yeah. Well regardless it It's a fucking awesome group I believe we're up to about 34, 35 But we can't start This part of the Patreon Shout out without recognizing Three new members.
1: Amazing. Awesome.
3: Mike H. Who's fucking awesome with his emails. Loves to. He's been contributing emails for quite some time. Oh, yeah. New demon member. Mike H. Mm-hmm. Calvin Richards. All the way from Canada, my friend.
1: Love the it.
3: Catman member. Thank you, Calvin. And then Justin Steele, who's been. I think he's more. um, Am I right? Uh, Facebook than Twitter. I'm not sure, but I know he's been commenting on our stuff for quite some time. Oh yeah. Uh, A new spaceman uh, member that joined. So we got Mike H Calvin Richards and Justin Steele. Shout out to you three. Thank you so much for jumping on. We really appreciate it. Um, Patreon is where you guys jump on. You contribute to the show. There's different tiers. We give you a couple perks back and, uh, and, it, and it's been a win-win situation, I think, for all included. And if you're interested in, in joining or helping us out, feel free to go on Patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, or the app for Patreon. And um, also in the episode notes, we always have something there, links to all our uh, social media and our Patreon account. Click that. You would look under Creators. That's how they categorize each show or person or artist. And you would just put in shout out loudcast, find us, read what you see, the tears, see if that interests you. And if you do, if uh, you know, feel free to join, if you have questions, feel free to ask. And we'd love to have you on board and we really appreciate it. It's been a, a great ride and you guys have contributed to the show in many, many ways. And the ones on Patreon know how we kind of tell them, but, uh, and we got many big things in store for you guys. So please thank you so much for your support and uh, we appreciate it.
1: Yep, you guys rock, Um, and, uh, you know, special thanks to Mike, Calvin, and Justin, uh, you know, this week, our our new members, you guys rock, and everybody else that's been a a member of the Patreon family, you guys are the best, we appreciate it more than you know, and, uh, you know, stay tuned, that ARC Patreon pick is, uh, it's gonna be coming up this month Oh, and our buddy Jason Warden switched, and he moved his up, said he
3: wanted the t-shirt, so he jumped up That's right, yep, he jumped up up a tier to yep. the Demon tier, So Jason Excellent. gets a shout out as well. Again, thank you, everybody at Patreon. Now, Tom, let's go over to Kiss World and find out what's going on over there.
1: All right. There's a couple things going on here, which is kind of fun, as always. Uh, one of the big things that kind of got people kind of excited. Uh, some people were excited. We, me and you both were. Was that our good friend Peter Chris, who turned 76 on December 20th, posted clips of him playing a drum solo and then like a little bit of a Spanish drum solo. He was in front of a huge drum kit, nice, bright, silvery, gorgeous looking drum kit. Looked like he was in a, in, in his house. Um, look, Peter's 76 years old. Okay. We're not expecting, you know, a, a John Bonham, Keith moon That's not like
3: playing Moby Dick.
1: No, he, he was out there. It was, it was one of those things where as a, as a lifelong fan, and I know Zeus being a, you know, a Peter Chris guy, It's one of those things where it just makes you feel good as a Kiss fan to see your heroes are still a alive and still be doing something just to say hello to their fans. Give them give the fans something to smile about. I mean, was it terrific? Was it something that they you'd put on a live record? Probably not. But it was just great to see Peter out there just having fun and just doing a little bit of a surprise for the fans. I I fucking loved every minute of it. I like that he put himself out there as
3: vulnerable and all didn't give a fuck. Exactly. Yeah. Remember, like one other Kiss member used to do that during the pandemic and then all of a sudden he's like, oh, shit, I'm stopping this.
1: Yeah. Oh, I'm stopping. People are commenting on what I'm doing. I got to stop. Oh, I can't do that. that. I, it's got to be picture perfect. It's got to be fixing it. Like, yeah, come on. Exactly.
3: And yep. Peter just did it. I'm happy for the guy. I love seeing it. I love seeing that he's, you know, content and he's just doing his thing. Now, is it kind of like, hey, maybe this will get back to them. I'm not just, you know, sleeping in my fucking footy pajamas watching TV with my socks on. Yeah, exactly. I'm actually fucking doing something. I'm trying so, to do
1: something. Yeah. Yeah. I love so it. That's great. That's great. Yep. Yep. Uh, and then and our buddy Gene is in the news. Uh, Gene implied that he and uh, Paul Stanley might be open to selling the band's entire back catalog. Asked in a new interview uh, with a publication or whatever, the, you know, a report thing called a Journal of Musical Things, uh, he was asked if Kiss would ever sell its catalog to anyone. Gene goes, how much you got He says Bob Dylan sold his stuff for 300-400 million dollars. The problem is, and I love the guy and I worship the ground he walks on, but his music isn't going to mean a lot to a 20-year-old. They don't care about the times they are a change or a Maggie's farm. They just don't. Few pieces of music stand the test of time. What Kiss has that no other musical entity has is trademarks. Our faces are bigger than the music. Bigger than anything, that is what you call saying the quiet part out loud. So they don't care about the times of changing, but they certainly are going to care about bang bang you. No, I think he just acknowledged it. People care about our faces more than our music. He's like, Yeah, nobody wants to hear boomerang, but they want to see me spitting blood. Yeah, speaking of that,
3: meaning the other stuff, the merch stuff. Do you see how Rush had the pinball machines? Yes. And I it. put up there that Gene's like, you're in the kiss business, baby. <laughs> yes. That is uh, tip. Mike. And he's got that point. Yep. Everybody wants to do it now because they need to make revenue other ways because they it's get true. ripped off by Spotify and everybody else. So I'll give them credit in that. So, yep. and, and <laughs> they are not what you would call a handsome band. Oh, that's okay. Like I said, just listen to him with your eyes closed. Nobody's making you watch him. So here's the thing, Tom. I think we need to do maybe on a live cast or something like this. uh Oh, I think we need to have the what you would not call a handsome band draft.
1: Oh, there you go. Oh, that's a good one.
3: With the number one pick, the Boston Celtics take from Canada, Rush, Rush's bass player, who looks like a medieval witch, and he's got talent for feet that he can play the keyboard on while stroking his bass. Getty Lee.
1: <laughs> What's the matter with that? Fantastic! I'll take that.
3: Uh, you got to go with Getty Lee on that. You got that nose. You got that hairdo. Yeah, you got to take him number one.
1: You got to go with Getty Lee. Looks like the Wicked <laughs> Witch of the West. Plus, he can play a mean bass. Great pick.
3: <laughs> a sleeper pick. Kevin Cronin from Ario Speedwagon to be... A swingman to play the piano and to be a lead singer, Tom. Let's go to
1: Mel Kuyper's analysis. Hey, guys, you know, I really think they screwed up. I had the lead singer from Grim Reaper going number one, so I can't believe what's going on. Oh, this just in. A trade
3: has been made. <laughs> the lead vocalist from Anvil has been traded for a future number one draft pick. What's that guy's name? Lips Magoo or something? <laughs> <laughs> Checking in the second round pick is the guy from
1: Slade. <laughs> Who, naughty holder? <laughs> See? This is what happens. That's going to be a whole other episode. The ugly rock star draft. Rounding up in the fourth round,
3: fat Vince Neal coming in. 2019 Vince- <laughs> Uh, oh, we got a run of fat singers now. Going next up, Mike Reno from Loverboy. It's like it's like when you're doing fantasy football. There's a run on tight ends. Yeah, Everybody's still, fat. Singers. Hurry up, fat frontman. Go. I got Don Dokken. Who do you got?
1: <laughs> oh, man.
3: oh my God. Oh, and don't forget, coming up, analysis by Hall of Fame ugly member lead singer from Accept. Whatever the fuck his name is.
1: Oh Jesus Christ! Gene continues to double down on his shit. He says Springsteen just sold for five hundred million dollars, and what you get is the music, not the imagery. I've never seen a Springsteen cartoon, comic book, or action figure. Kiss is the only one. Is that a positive thing, <laughs> Gene? I was just—I
3: don't think that you're making the point you think you're making, bro. Yeah, I don't think- well, you don't see. You don't see Mick Jagger wearing this stuff. He wouldn't last six minutes. Mick Jagger doesn't need to wear that (laughs) shit to sell fucking stadiums out. You fucking idiot. That's not a positive thing that you need to do that. That's the shit that drives me nuts. Yeah, it's true. Nobody says that to him.
1: That's true. It's true. Oh, and then you
3: have Tom. You forgot. Gene's exciting home video of him picking up
1: dog shit. (laughs) Oh, my God. I know. Really? I mean. They just They keep competing for least metal moments. Oh my God. It looked like, seriously, your grandfather
3: fucking having to pick up the remote control from the floor.
1: Yeah. How do I do this? That's why I'll tell you, I give the guy credit. The fact that he can't bend over to pick up dog shit, but he can spend two hours dressed as the demon is, is amazing. He can't bend fucking- it. It looks like he can't bend his knees. No, it's, I know. Like
3: He's like, like uh, and he gets yeah. it. Now, he looks old. God bless him for him yeah. and his wife for putting that shit out there. Because he knows it's like self-deprecating. He knows he doesn't come across, but it's fun. It's gene lovable.
1: And that's exactly why people love gene. We've brought it up in the past. It's the same thing with David Coverdale's Twitter page. It's fun. It's self-deprecating. It's humorous. It's light. It's fun. It's not you. It's not somebody tweeting out the point of the, well, the reason you need three Moderna vaccines is back (laughs) when they were fucking uh, vaccinating smallpox. Dude, pick up shit. You're better off. Live for
3: today. Shout it out. And he's like on his mountain bike and fucking like, dude, dude, get the fuck out of here. You're on your electric scooter. We we got you. (laughs) We got you. And the other thing I was not speaking of like Gene, he put that hot looking photo of his daughter on New Year's Eve up.
1: When I saw you coming out of school (laughs) that
3: day. (laughs) Dude, that's uncomfortable, dude. I'm trying to be excited about your daughter. She looks hot. But you putting that photo up.
1: Yeah.
3: Like, no. No, I agree.
1: Yeah, it's hot, but it's hot, but it's me looking at a picture of your daughter from your social media. Yeah,
3: exactly. And
1: you putting it up there like, look at at my daughter. No. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Not making me feel good, Gene. Not good. No. Yeah. So Gene was all over the place doing some weird shit this week, but he's, we love Gene. I love Gene at least. Uh, And then so December 30th. So it wasn't New Year's, it was December 30th. The big Bruce show that everybody was talking about out in Vegas. Um, Eric Singer joined him again like he did on the Kiss Cruise, which was kind of cool. The set list was kind of weird. Uh, You know, I, I'm not going to complain about the set list, but played a lot of stuff like a lot of non-Bruce era stuff. You know, we played um, Heaven's on Fire, played Watching You, played I Love It Loud, Detroit Rock City, King of the Nighttime World. Uh, War Machine, which is fine. I just thought that was kind of interesting. You know, it, it's a it's a great set list. You know, he threw in. I thought it was fucking great. He, they ended the show with Turn on the Night. Holy shit, right there. That's worth the price of admission. Uh, but we saw a bunch of clips on social media. Just fucking awesome. The band is great. Todd Kearns, Brent Fitz, Sack Throne, Bruce, Eric joining him. Fantastic stuff. I, I'd love to see those guys go on a little bit of a tour, but I know uh, Todd has his uh, slash tour coming up. They're actually coming to Boston soon. So looks like the Bruce thing might be a one-off.
3: Yeah. One of the things, Tom, I, I, I want to mention is uh, I agree with you. I don't need to hear watching you. And I know what Bruce is thinking. Like I played that on the live. Yeah. Like, do I need to hear? I love it loud right, right. now. Like seriously, no nope. need for that shit. I agree. Uh, let's look at that set list real quick. Tom yeah, creatures, creatures of the night. I know it's on a live three, no need. Unholy, yes. Un- all night, yes. Domino, yes, heaven's on fire, hell no. Watching you, no. Uh tears are falling, yes. I love aloud, no. Um, Detroit Rock City, no, King of the Nighttime World, love it, but no. God gave rock and roll. Bruce loves that song. So I guess song,
1: yeah. Forever,
3: yep. yes. War machine, no, jungle, yes, because he likes it. Paralyzed, yes. I just want to, yes, spit, yes. And if for some reason, he loves Star Spangled Banner. Fine. Yep. Crazy Nights, yes. And turn on the night, yes. Right? Am I missing yeah. anything?
1: Nope. That's it. That's the set list.
3: And but it's like forever, I think. And that's it from Hot Hot in the Shade. I wish they would give that album more love. You know, I really I do.
1: I agree. So, yep. Uh,
3: yeah, great job. No,
0: no.
1: Yeah.
3: Um, yep. One other thing on that, Tom, is uh, everybody that was commenting was saying how lively, how much fun. Eric looked like he was having
1: absolutely, absolutely. And I think we've said it before when he's with Kiss, it's a job. It's like he's like a, a plumber or an electrician. He's going to do the best job that he can do and work as hard as he's going to do it. But when he's with these guys, he is, he's, he's like Eric Singer unleashed.
3: Yeah. He's know? back to himself having fun, yeah. feeling the energy from the crowd. Yep, Total opposite. I wish somebody would show him this and he'd be like, oh shit, is this is what I look like. I'm you know sure him? he
1: knows. I bet you he knows.
3: <laughs> I, I don't know. Knows. I think that circle is tight. I don't think anybody comes in and gives them the truth. Maybe. Like, I don't think Bruce is going to go up to him and go, hey, Eric, Bruce Kulick, <laughs> how, how you doing? Great job. Songs you play. Not very energetic. <laughs> play this. Great job. See <laughs> you next time. <laughs> um, I just wish you'd have more energy. It's just whatever. Yeah. I'm um, with you. Uh, Paul was over at the warehouse again. Oh, jeez. Yeah. <laughs> the fuck, dude? You know, I thought about it. I said, like, why doesn't Paul ever, like, do a video? Hey, on Tuesday night, 8 o'clock, I'm going to be at the warehouse like, on Facebook Live. Come watch me as I walk through all this shit. Show you all the amazing stuff we have in here. And then we were kind of talking about it, Tom. I was like, you know why? Because the Kiss Tards would fucking rob that place. Like fucking
1: track them down. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
3: Oh, my God. They got fucking Peter's nose clip herrings from 77 in there. What the fuck?
1: He's got a picture of him here. Uh, Kiss Warehouse today. This is from a few days ago. Playing with my awesome 1954 Gibson J200 with Fran looking over my shoulder. I don't know. I mean. OK, first of all, that looks like the kind of picture that I would take if I walked into Guitar Center and had my wife take a picture of me <laughs> holding a fender like he's like, you know, but what do you do? So like you said, OK, so you're taking a picture of you holding a guitar. Why don't you play something and and and, and post a video of that? Like you're a fucking
3: guitar player. It's almost like the kid that fucking got the brand new uh, PlayStation 5. Look what I got, everybody. Right. OK, well, I can't play that. Thanks. Right. I don't have that. Right. You fucking showing up. Look what I got. Look what I'm playing this in my warehouse.
1: Yeah. What the yeah, fuck, I, dude. I agree. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. And,
3: and then finally, our buddy Carmine Ape <laughs> <laughs> <We laughs> uh
1: had Ryan. something
3: out about Guitar Zeus and Tommy Thea.
1: Yep. We talked about the guitar Zeus thing when we had Carmen on. Pretty cool little thing he's got going on with that. And uh, we posted it. We shared a thing with Tommy Thayer participating in that. So that was kind of cool. Tommy does all that stuff. He's just so easygoing. He'll do anything. Posting pictures of him out there, you know, with his vineyard and doing all that stuff. Hey, it's snowing in my vineyard. Yeah. Yeah. Very. Yeah. yeah. Very exciting. We, <laughs> we love Tommy, but his social media posts are. Come on, brother. You're in kiss. <laughs> yeah. Do something.
3: Yeah, exactly. Dude, I'm fucking these two waitresses right now. Which one should I bang first? <laughs> that's
0: what I don't
1: mean. know. Look at my grapes. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's Kiss World, Tom. And what we're going to do next is I'm going to pull out my love gun and see if you'll enjoy it.
1: Oh, we're back. Oh, just working on my 35 Chevy on the 55 frame. So I think we're we're ready to go.
0: Yeah.
1: You can't even spell your name. I can't. I'm sorry. All right.
3: Well, album review time comes up. These joyous occasions when we get to these. And uh, we're going into the classic era of Kiss. The mid threes, right? And that is Destroyer, Rock and Roll Over, in Love Gun. We're hitting Love Gun, Tom. You've got a lot of sentimental um va- uh feelings on this album. So what we always do is we start off with our first
1: interaction with this album. Buddy, floor is yours. All right, so this is like this is a story of pretty much how I got into music, how I got into kiss. This is, is that the beginning of the Beverly Hillbillies. This, this is story. a story. This is a story. who <laughs> the- <laughs>
3: <Man named Bob. laughs> got himself a kiss card album and he play along. I don't
1: fucking know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I got you off track. So this was, so yeah, this was like, this is lit- legitimately my first memory of, of music. I was five years old. Love gun came out when I was uh, four, I was five. It was the summer of my, my birthdays in July. I used to spend my summers up in Maine, up in York Beach, in the south coast. My aunt lived there year round in York. My two older cousins—they were—they were—they were older than me, eight, ten years older than me. Um, so it was my aunt, it was my mother's sister. We would go and visit them all the time. And you know, me—I'm five years old. What the fuck am I going to do? Big house, running around. I would go into my cousin's room, and uh, it was 1978. Stack of uh, of records, stack of LPs. And this was like the golden era of records when artwork was the thing, you know, the big, beautiful artwork. And I remember specifically, it's, it's amazing the stuff you remember at certain points in your life. I'm five years old. I remember flipping through his records. They were on the floor next to his bed next to the turntable. And I remember seeing the cover to Boston's debut album, Molly Hatchet and Love Gun." And I remember flipping through, looking at Love Gun and just literally just being like, what the fuck is happening here? What is this? And my cousin was like, oh, yeah, that's Kiss. They've been around for a while. He's like, do you, you know, do you want that? And I'm like, oh, I could, I can have this. You're going to give me this. So one of the one of my favorite parts of the story is I still have that 1977 copy of Love Gun. It's in my base. It, it's in my basement framed. I have it. I never let it go. It's my. The most prized thing I have owned in my entire Kiss collection. Um, I remember playing it. Um, Music was a huge thing in my house. As I said, on other episodes, I have a sister that's four years older than me and my dad and my mom were huge into music. So we always listen to music, Uh, cassettes, records, eventually CDs and whatnot. So, you know, playing this, I was like, obviously enamored by their appearance. And I remember hearing the music and and being like, "Oh, this is kind of cool." And I, even my sister was like, "Oh, this this sounds kind of cool. It's kind of heavy." You know, it was nineteen seventy eight at the time. It was oh, because disco and pop and yacht rock shit was around too. Um, and and that was it. That was it. And at that time, uh, Kiss was on top of the world. You know, around that era, you know, you had Kiss meets the Phantom. You had all the toys. You had the dolls. The posters dynasty comes out previous to that you had you know a live two double platinum and that was it that was it and so this album just means the world to me when we get into the music i'll explain my feelings towards the music aspect of it but in terms of you know the sentimentality of it i mean just look sitting here looking at the album cover now it's the reason i love kiss it's the reason i love music it's just what it can do for you so that's my story
3: tom we have kind of similar stories i've talked about it uh wouldn't You Like to Know Me, our introductory episode, family, older cousins like you, we got into it. I remember the cover for this. Yeah. Now, which album cover did I see first? I don't know. Who got me in exactly when? I know it was my my older cousin, Mike. They got me into Kiss. But the this cover is like, I, I remember it in the way, like, I guess they looked. It just looked like they were like conquerors. Mm-hmm. And they were at the mountaintop, and they were like bigger than anything. I remember this album cover, I remember uh Destroyer, and I remembered Rock and Roll Over. I remember Alive 2 and I remember Dynasty in Double Platinum solo albums. That's the era of kiss I remember I didn't I didn't remember Alive, I didn't remember the first three album covers. And I was out by unmasked. I don't I don't remember that. So these are the albums that kind of stuck with me. I remember Love Gun from my first intro to Kiss, the song. And yeah, this is one of those for me sentimental albums, the first like introduction to, to rock music, first introduction to this band that all these years later I'm doing a podcast with my buddy I'm on So yeah, it's legendary for me. And it, and it stayed there. And I remember when I got back into Kiss, you know, around, I don't know, five, fifth, sixth, seventh grade, and I started buying music again and getting into it. I was animalized asylum and all that. When I went backwards, I believe Love Gun may have been my first one that I jumped back to because I was at Big Fish, Little Fish in Porter Square. Nice. And I'll never forget. I mean, this is like teenage years now hearing christine 16 on the radio and i think it was aaf playing it yep fellow podcaster um pantheon podcast mike Shu was probably playing this nice i don't know if he yep. was on there at that time but i don't think he's that much old. i don't think he's i actually i know he's not that much older than us so i, I didn't mean to insinuate that he was doing this when he was like fucking 14 but <laughs> yeah i remembered being at that fish pet supply store in a grungy place in Cambridge central square. And Christine 16 came on the radio. Like, Oh shit. I remember this. I remember this song. I remember this keyboard. So love gun has always been to that. It's one of those that not only do I remember the imagery, the the collecting cards, the album covers, but I actually remember some of these songs from when I first listened to them. Mm -hmm. And I can't say that about many songs. I'd have memories of, but this album I did so to me. I'm thinking this is the album that really was the one that got me playing kiss music.
1: Yep, so nice, love yeah, it. love it.
3: Well, there's a lot of interesting stuff about this album, amongst it, and one of the legendary things about this album is the cover.
1: I mean, you're talking iconic imagery. My goodness, <laughs> there's this is, this is this is this is the Mona Lisa. <laughs> I mean, come on. You know, you're going to we will get into it at the end of the episode where we rank everything. But you're talking about one of the most iconic images of the band album cover or not. It's just a spectacular painting. Uh, How Zeus phrased it. You know, they look like they're conquerors. They're on an altar. Women with their faces painted just half naked, just at their feet. Just a, a stunning piece of art. One of my favorite little things about this, and there's so much to talk about, I love the KISS logo with the yellow outline and then Love Gun below it written in yellow. Um, mm-hmm. Things like that stick out for me in the way it's centered. But when you're talking about the band, Ace with his arms crossed, Peter and Paul looking like they fucking own the planet. Gene in his demon glory mouth roaring, doing the, the devil horn with the fingers, just spectacular stuff. And, and it was done by Ken Kelly. And those women are were the, his wife was a model for those women. It's all pretty much the same. He just kind of tweaked their appearance a little bit. Um, so those women are based off his wife. Um, and then the back of it is just that same altar uh, just emptied with the songs. Now, here's an urban legend, and I never really thought about it until I looked at it. Somebody once said that the song titles are not in order of the album, Mm -hmm. but they're placed in that order to make them look like a penis. Yeah, phallic. Yeah, exactly. Mm
0: -hmm. Exactly.
1: Which, if that's the case, uh, whatever. I don't know. So before we get into the inside of the album, Zeus, what are your thoughts on uh, what we got here with the album cover itself, the outside? So one other thing. Yeah.
3: Remember how a big deal it was to have Eric Singer in the band in the 90s. Yeah. Why? What was the imagery about Eric coming in the band? Eric Singer? Eric Singer. Oh, blonde hair. Look at this. All of them with the black hair. Yep. Every woman black hair.
1: Yeah, makeup.
3: Good that's, point. That's not by accident. Cuz yep. you would think like, you know, blonde is sexy. That's the imagery that Right. That's the perception that's out there. And especially back then, yep. uh, you would have blondes. Nope. They're all brunettes. Yep. And they're all like, oh, Gene Paul. Ooh. Yeah. Um, I look at the four of them, each of them, and their stances. Ace is like the muscle. And it's like, like you know, his hands folded. He looks like badass. When we know him to be like the bow-legged fighter, oh, shit. I fucking fell down. But here he looks badass. Yep, Paul's got that fucking star and the tassel, the fucking arm uh, stuff on. His bare chest; he's ripped. It's got muscles, and Peter, not that tall, is fucking jacked in this. Yep, and he's got like the gunslinger fucking bullet things all across his chest, right? Yep, uh, and then Gene with his fucking bare chest his fucking uh, cod piece there, large cod piece there, and then, like, a caged animal, like a gorilla, like Mm -hmm. King Kong or something, with the fucking chains around his neck and his body, as though, like, oh, let's hold the monster back, like, tie him up with chains to protect everybody, and he's got his mouth open, roaring. Now, I don't know about the whole, if you look at the Love Gun album, I came up with the horns, like, Shut oh the yeah. Fuck up, okay. Yep. Anyway, I, I just and then the even the subtleties of the smoke. Yep. The colors, right, of the of of the stunning of the pillars, and then behind them, what is that behind them? Is like opens. Is it like a scene, like the ending scene of uh, Game of Thrones when the dragon comes out, when the two. Uh, meet each other. They're fucking. I'm not going to give it away. I don't want to give that ending away, but yeah, it, it that's looks like that imagery where there's something could land right there that's open to a huge mountain or a cliff that's underneath there. And then if you open the back, it's all misty and cloudy. Um, it's it's a
1: couple legendary. things I love. Yeah, a couple things I lo- mm-hmm. just you know, sticking with the front artwork because it is just so legendary. One of the things I love is that Gene is not sticking his tongue out. Um, I think that would have been a very easy thing to just do because that's what he does. I think the fact that he has his mouth open and roaring, he looks absolutely terrifying. Um, Yes. Yes. You know, he he looks, I think he looks so much more menacing with that roar than he would if he had that tongue sticking out. Um, I, I think that's amazing. And thank you to some of the Kiss Nerd Facebook groups because I got a little bit of interesting trivia here for anybody out there that has the Kiss Love Gun vinyl. And if you're listening to us, chances are that you have it. So if you have it, pull it out now. Because the label on your vinyl, the label of your record, has a different version of the artwork. Look at it closely. Peter's face is looking at a different angle. Gene has more chains on the label photo than he does on the album cover. Paul does not have the tassels on the label that he does on the album cover. Um Peter is not wearing his cross on the album label that he has on the cover. Couple little interesting things. I love this kind of nerd shit. When we talk about Kiss and Love Gun, I just can't get enough of that stuff. I think it's awesome. I love that. And on that first pressing there
3: are some without the picture of the cover on the vinyl.
1: That correct. That's also Some true. of
3: them yep. just have Casablanca on there.
1: Yep. And there's also an early early very basic concept art of what was going to be this album cover um and it's a picture of the four of them it's very comic booky looking they're all dressed in black and they're standing up against a brick wall yeah and they have girls at their feet but some of them are in black and white some of them have a little bit of color details it's very very comic booky it was concept art you can google it you can find it online um it's I don't like it. It's kind of really weird looking, but I think another thing that's interesting about this cover is the album title, you know, for the album destroyer, you had them kind of on top of like a wasteland and like bricks crumbling. And it's like, they were destroying something, you know, it's interesting that this is the artwork for love gun because it really doesn't have anything to do. Like you would think that the band would be like, Oh, love gun. Let's make this kind of like, like if you didn't know what the name of this album was, you would never think it would be called love gun because of the the image that they're portraying on the cover doesn't really match the title of the album, but that's a that's a separate thing. So quickly, let's get into the insides because this is the era of the fun stuff that they gave away. So yep, so Zeus is holding it up now. I got the record. he's got the CD. you got the stones, like that stone f- flooring kind of thing, and then it's got the band Kiss written in blood. How fucking cool is that if you're a little kid? I mean that's that that's a an- sleeve is like that. Correct. The, the, yeah. Yep. The, the, I'm holding it up right here. The sleeve. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then of course I have the 2014 repressing of it. It's got a replica Zeus of the cardboard love gun that was in the album, you know, that you can fold out and put together, you know, the little toy gun
3: that came um, with it,
1: which, which came with it, which of course that again, that was the era of the goodies. Yep. Zeus has the CD with it. Yep. Um, Yeah, this was the era of all those little inserts and the fun stuff, and uh, even Gene Gene even says that um, in behind the in behind the mask, he has a couple comments which I think are kind of interesting about that. Uh, And he says, um, you know, he says we we found ourselves, you know, in a very strange position of appealing to a wide range of ages. Most heavy bands appeal to a teen audience. Um, He starts talking about Kiss is able to go where no band has gone before. Kisses, in a lot of ways, reflected American pop culture. He goes, it's no secret that Fred Flintstone started out as a cartoon and eventually ended up being a multiple vitamin. When you buy your cereal, you get prizes in the middle because the cereal that you love so much, it makes life that much more fun. Maybe that's what it's really all about. So he's pretty much talking about you love Kiss. You buy the record. Why not get a toy? Um, he says, I'm the one who kept pushing for all of it. All of the rest of the guys disliked that part of it. They wanted to be thought of as a serious musician. I had no delusions about that.
3: Now, who do you take sides with on that? I don't want to get the big philosophical decision. Like, no, it's okay. But it is very, very interested because, interesting because is he kind of right? Like, Listen, guys, no one's going to take us serious. We're a fun band. We do good music, this and that. You want to make some fucking money? Listen to me. Do this shit. Right. And or do you believe in the other guys? Like, Oh, we got to fucking not be so silly and put the shit because they all shit on this stuff. They all fucking give Gene fucking shots constantly. Always. But they're like, I'll take that check. Where's my cut? How much? Why am I getting not paid as much as you? What about this? What about this? How can I get this? They all bitch about it.
1: Yep. No, I I, that's. And that's another reason why I love Gene. Brutal honesty. He's like, yeah, all the other bands hate it. They wanted to be serious musicians. I had no delusions about that. He's like, I'm fucking Gene Simmons. I'm in kiss. I'm going to stick a toy gun in my album because I think it's going to be fun for the kids when they get it. And he was right. It's fucking great. Look at me. I'm fucking 48 years old. We're all talking.
3: Yeah, we're all still talking about it. Oh, did you get the album? is the gun in there like yeah, exactly like oh i want the gun yes now exactly i have the deluxe version which has an insert of the band there's a picture of paul picture of peter it's a picture of ace and gene together
1: The deluxe um, edition is fucking fantastic
3: we'll probably save that for an episode just on the deluxe edition that we will oh, cover at yeah. some point yep but yep. we're only going to talk about love gun the main 10 songs that are on this album. Yep. Um, the other thing that's interesting about the album, you already talked about the blood red kiss sleeve. You talked about the gun. They always, and they also had the merchandise. Don't forget, Tom. Oh, the order yeah. form. Yes. Yep. That was in this one as well. Yep. But not all people really liked this album. In fact, to talk about this, Peter Chris in his book said, I thought the best thing about this album was the cardboard gun that came inside.
1: Typical fucking Peter. <laughs> Isn't that amazing that he thinks that's the fucking best thing he about wasn't this album? happy.
3: With, yeah, he wasn't happy with the songs. What a um, bitch. Yeah. Is <laughs> so some other comments from him about this album we'll get into? But let's get into the facts of this album at this point. Go for it. Kick it off. Love Gun, released June 30th, 1977, produced by Eddie Kramer and Kiss. Mm-hmm. First time Kiss got producer credit. And it went to their head
0: because <laughs> they want that, <laughs> yeah.
3: they want that credit later. The yep. album was shipped platinum. Amazing. It made it to number four in the U.S. Billboard. Um, it's a six studio album. It's their first top five because it went to number four on the Billboard charts. Now it's the first album to have all four members sing a song. He's <clears throat> obviously with his debut. And it's the last to technically feature Peter on all the songs because we know he barely he didn't even play on uh, Dynasty coming up. Yep. Just prior to this being released, Tom Kiss was voted in a Gallup poll favorite American band over Zeppelin, over Aerosmith, over the Eagles, over mm-hmm. Fleetwood Mac. Now, if you think about it, we had somebody brought this up, and I think some idiot on Twitter was like. Yeah, I think Zoo said that uh, the 70s are the best era for any music. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Did
3: you, did you see those bands I just named? Are you fucking kidding me? Is there a better era of music than the 70s?
1: Unless you're a, a mork dork and you think the 80s are better. Go <laughs> ahead.
3: No, but I'm serious. I know. The 80s. The 90s. I mean, I love a lot of the bands and some of the hair bands traveled into the 90s. But after 96, I'm not going fucking much saying that era was really good. Um, the 80s did have some great shit, too. And then the only other one, I would say I'd like the 50s better than the 60s.
1: Yep. No, um, I, get, I I hate you on that. No, but so, The 70s, it's it's, oh hard to God. Argue,
3: it's it's hard to argue with the so 70s. So I know there's that conversation that we've always had, and we talked about it with Martin Papa, was Kiss the Largest Band at one point. And then you look at album sales, you're not, but do you know what it's like to be in Gallup to be yep. voted the number one band during the heyday of Led Zeppelin, Aerosmith, and the Eagles? That's yep. not a fucking fluke. You know, that's huge popularity.
0: And that's like, that oh,
3: is- you kiss it's a fucking delusional. Kiss was never that big. Are you fucking kidding me? Yep. That's Gallup. That's not fucking fat fucking Joe Smith's comic book store's poll of his yep. customers.
1: Right? Yeah, that that's not fucking Tiger Beat magazine. It's fucking yeah. Gallup poll.
3: Exactly. Yeah. Now this also has to be it says the first time an artist had four records in the top one hundred. Yep. Which which goes from Alive, Destroyer, Rock and Roll Over, Love Gun. I'm thinking to myself, how the fuck is that possible? You mean to tell me Elvis, who probably released like fifty fucking movie soundtracks during the sixties. The Beatles, all their albums weren't in the top 100 at one point. Like, I find that hard to believe. But I don't know, Larry,
1: Larry, yeah, Larry Harris, the Casablanca <laughs> Records senior VP. Um, he, he said, yeah, I was able to get five Kiss albums on the charts at one time. He says, this is how different it was back then. I walked in and gave them inflated sales figures, which they could have easily checked if they chose to, but they didn't. I helped manipulate the charts for all of our acts at Casablanca. <laughs> this was happening all over the business. Yeah, but if
3: he thinks he's alone in doing that, that's not. It's just like everyone's saying, like, oh, the, those juice baseball players. Yeah, they were playing against juice fucking pitchers. Pitchers. It was <laughs> yeah, right. right. It was an even playing field. Exactly. Yeah. Now, no, you're right. Yep. Obviously, they went back to Eddie Kramer to produce this, who had just come off doing rock and roll over and not too long ago did a live. So Correct. this is considered by many to be the sister album of Rock and Roll Over. Yep, Corky Stasiak was the engineer.
1: Not, not to, not be, to be confused with Corky Buchek, right?
3: <laughs> bing, bong, <laughs> bing bong, bing bong, <laughs> bing. The greatest, the greatest fucking musician from Kazakhstan. You know that Corky Buchek? Bing bong, bing bong, better bing. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um. Peter thought the songs were pretty mediocre, except for Love Gun. Peter's got, <laughs> Peter might have one of my favorite quotes of the entire background of this. This, this. this quote actually isn't connected to any specific song. It's more of a general comment about the Love Gun album. He says, he says, Eddie Kramer wanted me to sing even more songs than the one song that he did, which was Hooligan. Uh, he said, and that was another controversy. He wanted me to do a couple of Paul songs, and Paul freaked out. Paul Stanley, according to Peter, Chris, Paul Stanley said, quote, fuck that shit. He ain't singing one of my songs. Eddie told him to try it. Then Paul said, if he tries it, Eddie, you'll like it. And I won't sing it. Imagine that. Paul Stanley said, no, I don't want Peter singing that song because Eddie's going to like it. And Eddie's going to want him to sing it.
3: Yeah, it'll be a better version. And I can't have that. Right. He probably has. He probably still has PTSD from Beth. Beth or fucking? Well, why did I let him sing Black Diamond? Why did I give him? But Mainline didn't do fucking anything. And what was the other song he gave him? Well, yep. oh, oh, it's because he, they just came off Hard Luck Woman, which gave him a top forty hit.
1: Exactly. I'm Imagine not that. giving. I'm not giving him another one. Imagine that. Yeah, he goes because he because he'll because Eddie will like it. Yeah, of course he will. Be like, yeah, that's a fucking great version. Unbelievable
3: unbelievable what song would you think that peter can play curious uh, on this album yeah that he would do um, it's obviously one of paul's
1: oh geez i would probably have to say tomorrow and tonight you think so yeah because i think that's got a little bit of a swagger a little bit of an r&b groove to it that peter could add to it a little bit more old school rock and roll exactly yep oh that's yep. a great one anyways yep. yeah so
3: uh that's my opening thoughts on love gun tom what about you
1: yeah, I, uh, you know, the, the information on, like you said, 1977 being voted the most popular band in the United States, beating out just those legendary bands is just insane, um, you know, and then not long after this was released, you know, the album was recorded in May, released in June, and then two months later, uh, they recorded a live too. So they were just they were just fucking going crazy. And another thing I think that was interesting is the first single for this album was Christine 16, a Gene song. They didn't release Love Gun as a single until two months or until a month after the album had already been out. So the two singles were Christine 16, which I thought was shocking because I like the song, but Gene song and then Love Gun. So I found that, I found that interesting.
3: Which is amazing because they never let these albums breathe. Put a no. bunch of singles out. Like, no. oh no, we got to put two singles out because we got another album dropping in three months. Yeah, exactly. Like how the fuck are you, any of these albums going to become iconic? You didn't let it breathe. You didn't market them anyway. Oh, you like Love Go? Okay, no. Well, we're going to put a live two out. Oh, yeah, you like that? We're going to do double yeah. platinum. Oh, yeah, you're not enough for that. Here's four new fucking albums from us. They
1: go yeah, They go. They, they Dynasty. They, then
3: within yeah, a year, they don't
1: give they don't give you time to digest them. No, um, you know, and I think I, I think another interesting thing too, looking at some of the comments from Gene, I was a little turned off by the way Gene talked about Eddie. He he, he kind of dismissed Eddie. He actually called him. Like a knob twiddler, which is kind of an insult when you're talking about producers and engineers. Um, you know, Gene is like, oh, yeah, we gave him producer credit because he was called a producer, but Eddie's an engineer. He would twiddle the knobs, and then watch over somebody who mixed it. Eddie helped mix it, but that's it. Like, what do you, why would you fucking, why would you say anything that's not complimentary about Eddie Kramer in this? And then Gene says, I'd give it three stars. That's by the way, Paul loves this album. He gave it five. Yeah. I, I just, I'm like, why would you, of all the people that have helped you along your way, why would you say anything that's not complimentary of Eddie? I just thought that was weird. I, everybody's different, Tom.
3: No, I know. I, I've heard um, some great stuff like Tom Hanks talk about directors that he's been under and uh, fucking some other. And then somebody that's considered legendary is Clint Eastwood. Yep. And I've seen him do a an impression of Clint Eastwood, which is fucking hilarious. Check it out on YouTube. Okay, where He's like Clint Eastwood. It like every director's is different. Some people like, you're like, okay, go. <laughs> and they would do the scene and, and you'd be like, is he going to cook? That's good. And like, that's it. And you would just yeah. leave it in there. And I guess the, the funny part of the story is like you said, Clean Eastwood used to do that shit because they used to be growing up in those cowboy TV series. And if you yell too loud, the horses go fucking nuts. So he'll always be like whispering <laughs> shit. Right, right. But some people like, you know what? My opinion, that's good. I'll tell you when you need to do. No, no, I'll let you go. Do your thing. And then yep. eh, let me come over here. Why don't you do that? I don't think I picked that up right. You know, once you show a little emotion there. Some people don't need to, other people are Bob Ezrin. I'm going to fucking work you until we get a great song. Other yep. people are like, you know what? You guys are doing great. You know, uh, that song's not that good. I like that song. Oh, yeah, yeah. Why don't you have him?
1: Let, do it? let the band
3: be the band. Totally different type of producers. That's yep. great. And yep. yeah, he does. But he can take the fucking music and make it sound better than anybody else. So
1: that's a specialty in and of itself to just mm-hmm. say, oh, he's just an engineer come on gene come on i was surprised to see that i'm like i'm like dude you're talking about fucking eddie kramer here you know i I just i don't know but that's okay well one of the one of the things one of the few times gene kind of turned me off a little bit there but that's okay well let's get into
3: the tracks tom let's do it well let's start off it's going to start off slow tom but let's see what you think of the first track
1: I mean, when you're talking openers, well, holy fuck. I mean, right out of the gate, you're talking, I stole your love right here. And you're pretty much talking deuce, b- vice versa, depending on what your attitude is. Are you talking, you know, Detroit Rock City? Those are the three big, I, I would say, in my world of classic kiss. But when I think when I think of this as an opener. Wait, wait, wait. What?
3: You don't think fanfare is on that Mount Rushmore? Huh? Huh? Huh?
1: Be careful. There might be people out there that think it is. What are you talking about? You talking about that, that, that flugelhorn thing is fantastic. It gets me fired up every time I hear it. Molay. I love his work. Moyer. Whatever the fuck he says. <laughs> uh, this song has always been right up there for me. One of the all time greats. I fucking can't stand the fact that they don't play it, that it's not on the end of the road. I was lucky enough to see it as the opener on the hot and the shade tour. Um, one of the things is so many different things about this song. That I love one of the things I love is that tambourine in the background. I fucking love that. I love that. And then I like how the first, the first part of each line of the verse has like a little bit of a tribal beat from Peter. And then it kicks into the regular rock rock beat. Um, and then of course you get that, that undeniable chorus. Um, and then one of my favorite things, right as ACE gets ready to that solo, Paul just yells out guitar. And then Ace just rips into the solo. And I'm going to say it right now. I'll get it out of the way. The solos on this, I think, are fucking insane. I'm not going to say it's the best album of Aces, but all these solos are unique and different in their own way. I know some people might say that Rock and Roll Over is a better showcase for Ace. I'm not going to fight too much on that. Um, But I Stole Your Love is just, ah, my God. What can you say about it? I Stole Your Love, written by Paul Stanley.
3: Uh, Eddie Kramer plays the keyboards on this, Tom. Paul yes. says that, "Yeah, Paul says that this song was written uh, around the same time as Love Gun and calls it its sister song. Uh, Paul was influenced by the British bands and songs like Burn by Deep Purple. Tom, one of your favorite bands.
1: Terrible song. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh,
3: Paul plays the first half of the guitar solo. Yeah. Ace plays the second half. I like when they share their stuff. Yeah. Um, Paul says kind of like the stones under my thumb, the idea of getting up on somebody who they thought they had you, you thought they were in control. Now look, Mm -hmm. settle down. Fucking Freud needs to evaluate you. The Your fucking idea. Yeah, exactly. Paul says because of the band, it took off in a different direction. His original version would have been more similar to the British influences. Yes. And when I hear the song and I play it, it comes out hard. It comes out fast. I love the echoes of the things you said. said, said oh, said, I love said, that. I love that. Right? There are so many little earworms on this album. Yeah, I know they're little stupid things, but this is our songs of our lives, I mean, albums that we're talking about of our lives, songs of our lives. We've heard them a million times. They're little things that are ours, like our, we're familiar with. This makes me feel warm inside. I yep. know this song. I like that little thing. I like that quirky little thing. And tell other people like, oh, why the fuck they put that in? I like it. Shut up. Leave it alone. Yep. So I love that stuff. Uh, I like that it's a fucking kick-ass opener. I, I, you know, in some sense, they change it up a little bit. Detroit Rock City tells the story, and it builds. I want use use the little acoustic in the morning. You're like, what the fuck is this? And then I want you. This one is Dan and then you're like, right out of the Holy gate. Holy shit. You're like, oh, this is Eddie Kramer fucking producing this. Oh, fuck. This is rocking. So I, I love that stuff. Um, there's a part, and I've mentioned this before. And if you watch the video, it's I think it's from the Houston concert. Yep. And I remember this because I used to fucking watch Kiss Exposed a gazillion times. That Houston concert is fucking amazing. So at the time when Paul says, you pick me up and you can still put me down, they show Gene on the side. And he's looking at the side camera and he's like flicking oh. his tongue like. 2,000 times per minute. It's like, like that. Yep. I it goes with the song. I fucking love that imagery. So when I hear this song, I always think of that exposed yep. video, the concert of that Houston one. I love the, like you said, Tom, guitars. Even Talia picked up on that this morning when we were oh, driving nice. to school. She even heard that. She goes, I like that he just yelled out guitars. Yep. Like, the song is got balls. Yep. One other little earworm. By your test, music stops. Yeah, I love that little tiny pause before it picks up again on yep. on both of those verses, right? Yep,
1: yep. <sighs> it's incredible, and, and you 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 brought up a good point when you talked about the them sharing the solo, uh, Paul and Ace, because Eddie Kramer talks about that about how he really spent a lot of time trying to make sure that you could differentiate the sound of Paul's guitar and Ace's guitar so that you could kind of tell when each of them are playing. He he, he spent time, he wanted to make that discernible to the listener. Um, and you say how this album kind of punches you in the face. And that's why for for the coming soon, I shared a picture of the mom from Detroit Rock City holding up the record, because if you remember that scene, she puts on the record thinking she's getting ready to listen to, I think, The Carpenters, but her son kind of hid the kiss record in it. So she's sitting in the recliner with her glass of wine, puts it on. She thinks she's getting ready. And all of a sudden, it's she's like, oh, she gets <laughs> like all shaken up out of her. And I'm like, that's why this, why, you know, this is not for the parents. It's for the fucking young people. Yep. No, good Love call. It.
3: Well, Tom, we're about to get a little creepy. Oh, yeah. Let's go to the next track. Music
1: Scene want to me, uh, one of the most iconic intros in the entire Kiss catalog. That piano, uh, again, Eddie Kramer playing the playing the keyboards, the pianos. That that intro, uh, just a fantastic song. We're going to talk about the lyrics and especially that spoken word part. How it's just fucking really not a good look um, nowadays. You know, if, back then you could probably get away with anything that you wanted to. Um, Of course, Christine 16, for all you uh, rap fans out there who like Tone Loke, Wild Thing, he sampled the uh, little hook from this song. Uh, I wanted
3: you to use that as the, uh, like a Tone Loke thing as the coming soon. But I I think some people would have picked that up, huh?
1: I don't know. Our listeners are pretty good at picking up everything now. There was a a
3: listener that just picked up. I I saw Love Gun off this Yeah.
1: Yeah, which I which good for them. That, that's great, but a lot of a, 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 the the big curveball is everybody thought we were doing Detroit Rock City, and I'm like, okay, you must be a new listener because we <laughs> did that like two years ago.
3: Yeah, and I don't think the director wants us to do a second episode. Oh, either.
1: Adam Rifkin loved that episode. <laughs> oh yeah, he loved that one. But the one one of the interesting things about about this song is that it was written. The demo was actually recorded with Gene and the Van Halen brothers. Um, There's another song we'll talk about too later on, but Eddie Van Halen and Alex did the demo with Gene of this. Um, And one of the more interesting things about this song is that Eddie Van Halen wrote the solo that's in Christine 16. Um, And the reports are that Ace freely copied it note for note when it came time to cut the record uh, and cut the solo and record that Ace took Eddie's demo solo. And copied it, and that's the solo that you hear on this is actually Eddie Van Halen's solo from the demo. I thought that was really, really cool uh, inside information. Um, but yeah, let's talk about the song. Zeus, your thoughts, and then we can kind of get into the creepy lyrics and the spoken word elements. Christine 16, written by Gene Simmons.
3: Uh, that It charted, it went all the way up to number 25 on Billboard's 100, Tom. Uh, mm-hmm. Gene supposedly played Rhythm. There's a little controversy. Not sure who played the keyboards, piano. Eddie Kramer says it was him. Gene said it was him. It was Uh, me. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Eddie says, Gene was next to me and coached me how to play like a Neanderthal person. I don't understand that that comment. (laughs) Like how to play like a gorilla. Like what? (laughs) I don't understand that. But I don't know who played the the keyboards on it or piano. I liked in the exposed uh, video when they go into the vault and all of a sudden, like, you know, this is 80s Kiss. And then they're showing old Kiss. Like, oh, my God. And they go into that supposedly attic. And Gene's like, this is the piano we actually played. Christine Christine does a couple, like, notes from it. I thought it was awesome. Um, A couple things. Um, I've got to think that title makes people reluctant to play it. Now, I can't see them, anybody playing it. But even back then, I could have thought that somebody played. Paul said he had the title and he oh, came up God. with Christine 16, I which is this. accurate. And Gene stole it, just like Paul stole Black Diamond from him. Unbelievable. Uh, <laughs> they played that game a couple times. times. Um, Alex and Eddie Van Halen demoed the song, uh, which ends up on the vault. Yep. Uh, along with <coughs> Congoloid Man, for all those that are interested.
1: Hell yeah You can Absolutely. get
3: Mongoloid man And
1: My Uncle's a Raft That's right Those are real songs You guys think I hope you know that All the shit we give them Those are real <laughs> Yeah uh, Gene They say Made Ace copy And say You're gonna do the solo
3: Exactly like Eddie did it Made Ace copy Eddie's solo Exactly Yep Um, The song is sampled by Tone Oak For Funky Cold Medina So I'm uh, my crib, and everything went well as planned, but when she got her dress, it was a big old mess, Sheena was a man, so I threw her mouth, I don't fool around with no Oscar Maya Wiener, you must be sure that your girl is pure for the funky cold Medina, you know what I'm saying, ain't no plans with a man, this is the 80s and the down in the lane, no joke.
1: Like it down. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now. Oh, yeah. If I said wild thing, I was wrong. I meant funky cold Medina. Okay. Wild thing is wild thing is Jamie's crying.
3: Yep. Now, if you thought Christine 16 is politically incorrect and out of touch and can't be played now, I dare you to go play at some woke fucking gathering, funky cold Medina, about oh. a, a guy. Spiking women's drinks to get some, and Can't then one of them turns out to be a, like a transvestite, a
1: transvestite, <laughs> yeah, he, or a guy like a transsexual, yeah, whatever you yeah. want to call it. Yeah,
3: because he doesn't mess around with no Oscar Mayer uh, wiener because <laughs> you got to make sure if your girl is pure when you mess with the funky gold Medina. <laughs> Bam! Next it's, album review crew, Tone Loke. Because this is the 80s, and Don't is down with the late ladies. <laughs> yeah, that is probably the least politically correct fucking song of all time. It's, I think, Bill Cosby's theme song. Oh, you gotta Jesus get Christ. the funky Cole Medina. I would like to give you. Talk to you about the funky Cole Medina. Ooh. <laughs> and he's got to get Spuds, McKenzie. Alex from Stroh's. Alex from (laughs) (laughs) Stroh's. Who's drinking (laughs)
1: Stroh's?
3: He's got all the dogs running to his house because (laughs) of the funky cold Medina. (laughs) The song was written on the keyboards. That's how he actually came up. there. Gene says he was a fan of the doo-wop songs and things that Elvis did. So. Gene said, instead of a solo, like in the 50s, they would, before the guitars and the and the sax solos, like Little Richard would do and things like that, that yep. they would just fucking talk like Elvis would doing. Elvis would say, I wonder if you're lonely tonight. <laughs> yes. You know, someone once said that the world's a stage and we each must play a part. Fate had me playing in love. He was my sweetheart. Act one is where we met. So similar to that, this is what Gene was thinking. I don't know. It works. Maybe it's because it's all
1: these years it does work. It, it does work. I, I it's fucking pervy beyond belief right now because yeah. we're 48-year-old men. But people were dating young
3: girls back then. It wasn't a big deal to see a 20-year-old or something, but he's 30 probably by then. But like it wasn't a big deal in your 20s to pick up a high school girl.
1: It wasn't. No, you're right. Yeah, but
3: I'll right. come in the high
1: schools all day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, if but, Booger can do it, why exactly. not? Exactly.
3: <laughs> but I I don't know, Tom. I think it worked. Now, the funny thing is Gene, added, Gene when he added that talking part. he said, I hate it. That's yeah. not rock and roll. Dude, it is rock and roll. If you and fucking Gene's know like, it, like we're doing it. Yeah. <laughs> I cannot <laughs> rock and roll. I love that. The, you know when you first play this song those keyboards are legendary to kiss fans oh it's legendary amazing. yep uh what i think is underrated on this is the drums i think the drums are excellent on this i think gene's voice is excellent um th- this has got two uh i would say yeah probably two three of my favorite backing vocals and callbacks and all that stuff of any kiss album they've got yep. Awesome! The backing vocals, the callbacks, the gang vocals—I fucking love it. They kill it on this album. Yes. Love it. Yep. um, it, it's just <clears throat> so fucking catchy. Christine, 16, 16 Christine. I—I I, I, to me, it's a—it—it's a, a talent to come up with something so stupidly simple. They do it. Fucking catchy as hell. I mean, let's uh-huh. be fucking uh-huh. honest. I Want to hold your hand is fucking stupid. It's it, catchy, it is. it's catchy as hell. A hard right. days night, it's yep. fucking catchy as hell. Is it that difficult to
1: think about some of those songs? The early right. Beatles songs, but they fucking made them work. Twist and shout. I mean, really? Come on, yeah, it's they basic as can they, be. They, yeah. Right. I think the solo's
3: okay, but that the voice over she's young, Tom. But she's you know, she's been around, Tom. But she's
1: young and clean. Oof,
2: dude.
3: Hey, the boys from Africa, how y'all doing this evening?
1: Sir, where can one go to find nice women here?
3: Oh, you got to get out and look. They ain't gonna just fall in your lap.
1: We have been to every bar in Queens.
3: Well, that's where you messed up, son. You can't go to no bar to find a nice woman. You got to go to a nice place, a quiet place like a library. It's a good woman there. And um, at church, it's good girls. Or this place here, where I'm going tonight, the Black Awareness Rally. Gonna be some fine women there. Good, good, clean girl. (laughs) I too am gonna go to the Miss Black Awareness pageant too to meet some good, good fine (laughs) girls. Good, clean clean girls. Good, clean girls. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The drums break it out into the outro, and the callbacks just work. Oh, yeah, work at the end. It's amazing. The, the Christine sixteen sixteen Christine uh, back and forth it fucking works. All right, and then the drums. Oh, fucking love it. Yep, I'm with you, brother. All right, let's go to one of Tom's all time favorite deep cuts. <laughs>
1: have love will travel i've got love for sale the king of all deep cuts in my universe maybe mr speed might be ready there for 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 both of us but got love for sale my god i love the pace of this song i love the little acoustic guitars that are underneath very subtly at certain points throughout it um I love the chorus. I love the background of the have love will travel. And then Gene just roars in with the i got love for sale. You said it on Christine 16. Here's another song. And, and you're right. Pretty much the entire album. The backing vocals that you can really hear. You can really hear Paul's voice here. And I love that. You can hear it. You could pick it up. You'd be like, that's Paul. And I think it's great. This is another song that was cut with uh, Gene and, the, and uh, Eddie and Alex Van Halen. Uh, they did the demo when they did um, Christine 16 and also Tunnel of Love, which ended up on Gene's album. Um, and I think this solo fucking rips. I think this is one yeah. of the most underrated solos by Ace. I love it. I just think the song is so unique. It's different. It, it, the pace of it, the verses into the chorus, into the solo. It It's one of my favorite songs of all time, I think, because... It exists nowhere else other than on love gun. If I put something on shuffle, I'm probably not going to hear this because it exists on nothing else really. And it's a song that just, it's special to me because it's just a unique deep cut. And we used to say the same thing about Mr. Speed, just a unique deep cut that we love. That's just, you kind of have to seek it out. It's not going to be on a compilation. It's in, in, It's a standout track for me. I think there's so many things being done well on this song. And again, Peter, very underrated on this. Peter's killing it on this. Just a a, a killer song. Got Love for Sale written by Gene Simmons.
3: I think Gene plays rhythm guitar on this. It's Mm -hmm. part of the Van Halen trio of demos. Yep. Was going to call this Love Will Travel, which is, I think, a song on his fucking thing there, his vault, along with. Many other
1: oh Jesus. <laughs> Was it Stanley the Parrot? Stanley the Parrot. Actually, there's a different version of that title that we're not gonna say on this uh on this show, but you can find it.
3: Yeah, um, you can hear the acoustic guitar on this just before you hear the first lyrics. I love uh, that. In the Got Love for Sale outro, too. You can hear it. I just love like this is Gene and his demon voice. Yep, right. Your observations whoa, whoa, whoa. correct. I love it. <laughs> That's the yeah. Louis Armstrong gene that I do. I'm someone yeah. you can't neglect. And then you got this, Tom. Whoa, no, and then whoa, no, whoa, no, whoa, no. Oh, I love that. And then have Hello. So catchy we'll try, and the drums, the build-up, the chorus, the backing vocals. Oh my God. I love that drum build up before the chorus, the demon voice. And the guitar solo kicks ass. It's a nice rocking song. I will tell you this. It may not be my favorite deep cut, but it should be an all time deep cut because let's be blunt. Everybody says Mr. Speed. Yep. When you it's, talk almost, about it's, deep al- it's almost become it's, overrated now. Yeah, exactly. Kiss doesn't do it, but Kiss fans have made it not a deep cut. You got right. a fucking band named after him, a cover band named after him. So. right. <laughs> so I, I mean, I think it's a fantastic track. And it's, you know, it's one of those things when you start ranking this album, you're like, God, I this song could be like, or any of these songs could be like sixth or seventh. And you're like, but the fucking whole album's awesome. Like, and I and I yep. have this rank this, like, you know, this is the problem with when an album's that good. Yep. So it's a good problem to have. Let's go to the next one.
1: We got Shock Me, Ace's first lead vocal. Um, the little backstory here uh, this came about when Ace was electrocuted December 12th, 1976, at a show in Lakeland, Florida, Civic Center. Um, they were kind of up on their stage, you know, walking down the stairs. Uh, he grabbed onto a metal railing that apparently wasn't grounded um, and it electrocuted him. Uh, he was unable to move, he fell. Uh, several feet he said if I wasn't able to let go of that I probably would have died my life passed in front of my eyes but I kind of enjoyed the feeling now once a week I take baths with my toaster oven so I could kind of experience it whatever I want it was a lot of fun holy
3: shit I think I shit my pants
1: it was fucking great uh but seriously speaking uh to me this is peak Ace. Uh, I, know a lo- I know a lot of people go to Rocket Ride, and that's okay. We're not talking about Ace's solo, but we're talking about Kiss song. This, to me, is Ace. And I'm not one of those people that get into the Tommy Thayer, Ace really thing, but I, when Tommy played this song, that kind of got into my skin a little bit. And that stuff usually doesn't bother me. But back to Ace and the song. Fucking love it. And to me, this has always been unquestionably his greatest guitar solo. To me, it's not even close. He's got a ton of great guitar solos. I love stuff off of Harder Than Hell, Parasite's a, kill, a killer soul that comes to my mind. There's so many, Ace does amazing ones. This one, to me, is so long and drawn out and well put together and well orchestrated. I love it. The chorus is insanely catchy. Put on your black leather. I mean, what are you doing? I. I, I it's just, it's always been a song that I go to, and you know, getting back to Christine 16, I had the 45 of Christine 16, and shocked me was the B side. Of course, yeah, ace, we'll put your shitty song on the B side of my hit. Um, it's just a killer song, and it's 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 my to me, it's just quintessential ace. Uh, you know, he's got the lightning bolts, he's the space guy, and it's a story that's based on a true story. Uh, a song that's based on a true story and I, I think it's great um and i love how gene really urged him to sing this he he, he was nervous because he hadn't sung it and gene was like no you do this this is your song you do it um and eddie kramer the story the famous story about eddie having ace lie on his back so he could sing it and be more comfortable because ace was so nervous about singing in his voice um i love it, it it's just legendary shock me
3: written by Ace Frehley. <laughs> um, I guess he did all the guitars in the bass on this. Yep. Gu- guitar World ranked this number 50 out of the 100 greatest guitar solos.
1: Wow. Interesting that they give it that much credit to even have it ranked that high. Well, Rolling Stone didn't
3: even put Ace in the top 100
1: guitar players. Oh, that's so fucking stupid.
3: <laughs> Please. Ace said he was surprised that the band wanted him to sing it. He did lay flat on his back at the record plant. Lights down. No one but Eddie. Eddie says Ace was clutching a bottle of beer under his chest. (laughs) Holy shit. I got to fucking sing. I got to get shit phrased. (laughs) Paul says shock me is arguably the best song Ace wrote by himself. It's by far and away in a class by itself. He's right. I don't know why he says Ace wrote by himself. Was Ace writing with other people when he brought those other songs to them?
1: I don't know. I think... anytime, anytime Paul says something like that, I always think it's like a backhanded <laughs> yeah, passive exactly. comment. Was, <laughs> you know? did, did he write Colgian with Stan
3: Penridge? <laughs> like, <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah, right. <laughs> like, just anyway. Uh, Gene said Ace arranged the song by himself while Paul said that him and Gene helped him out. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, But Gene's like, no, that was all Ace. Um, I talk about it all the time. It sounds like Lit Up by Buck Cherry. And that song rocks, by the way. Fucking love it. The nice drums, the guitar opening. When I hear this, I don't think about his voice. Like, if I know nothing about Ace's character or his personality, Kiss the Band, if I heard this song, I'm like, oh, this song's pretty good. I wouldn't yeah. be like, oh, this singer is terrible. Who the fuck <laughs> is this? Like your lightning's all I need. <laughs> That's us now parodying I know. him. No, I know. But like I know. the song on the album, you're not sitting there going, who no. the fuck is it? just sounds like a regular rock singer that you, yeah. you know, you're you here. And I like the keep it in and keep me high. Ace is yep. always singing about cool shit that the band never put over on his fans. Yeah, so those rock people that love talking about drinking and smoking you know like uh hard times and shit like that ace yep. is always sneaking in these references um you know in 2000 man the stone song that he does like these are the things that that, that a lot of the fans that thought paul and gene were too square could latch on to kiss because of that shit that yep. ace would do and the Good solo point. the the fucking solo kicks ass but another little earworm
1: come on boy. oh yeah i love that come on shit and Peter's drumming is tremendously underrated on this too, I think. On this whole album, but this yep. song, the the groove that he's keeping here with this, I, I think it's great.
3: The legendary intro to a live two to this song.
1: Oh God, yeah. Oh my god. Which
3: we use to this day on our episodes introducing new guests.
1: Yep. Yep. And of course the sol- the, the solo and then Paul Stanley coming back with the Ace Freely lead guitar. Oh. Yeah.
3: Now <laughs> I gotta read this quote. It's in Peter's book, Tom. Uh oh. I was happy that Ace was finally getting a chance to sing. But let's face it. Ace might just have the worst voice in the <laughs> world. What an asshole. Why? Do Why I say that? Like, there was no need. <laughs> it was totally unprovoked. Because fucking Ace betrayed me because he made more <sighs> money than me. I, f- I fucking did? <laughs> really? Well, I
1: must have been electrocuted again.
3: Oh. fucking! Hey, Hey, Ace. Did you hear what Peter said about you? Yeah, why he say? He said (laughs) that he thinks you have the worst voice in the world. Fuck him. He's Peter Chris. I'm Ace Fraley. (laughs) No, you're Ace Fraley. (laughs) Um, There's one other thing I forgot to mention in the last song I'm going to mention here. There is something going on with this album. And this is song number two that I'm going to mention. Okay. There's something about these effeminate, Kind of backing vocals, and it started on the fucking Paul Stanley, fucking God of Thunder demo. God of Thunder. It's Paul. It's this shit. Put on your black leather. No, 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 no. It's not just that. It's on on. Got love for sale. I got love for sale. Oh yeah. At the end, that like girlish kind of like backing thing at the end of the song.
0: there's another Oh, song We'll get it to happens.
3: it. There's yep. a few of these. Yep. On Shock Me, Baby. Shock yep. Me. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, is there a female in this fucking band? I don't know yeah, what Paul. the fuck they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Pauline. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just telling you, there's something about it, and it's a running theme on this album. And yeah. Kiss has been doing that. I know there are other tracks and demos that we've heard. Will they have?
0: Got a thunder, oh. and rock and ro-
3: that that rock and roll,
0: rock oh. and roll. Oh, oh my god, that's
3: fucking okay. great! <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go to another one.
1: Tomorrow and tonight. Oh, you got to love that intro howl. Oh, that is so great. How's it? I
0: was
1: just going to say, how's it go? Oh, I love that. It's so great. It's so great. Look, you could tell that this is an attempt at trying to recapture the magic of the rock and roll all night. The anthemic sing along signature song. Uh, It's not better than rock and roll all night. But what I'm going to say is I think it is tremendously underrated. I think it's extremely catchy. It's it, it it achieves what it's trying to do. It's got a sing along chorus. It's got a very uh, party like uh, vibe to it. You know, tomorrow and tonight we can rock all day. We can roll all night. Um, it's got a great little outro. You know, when Ace is doing the solo, the keyboards come in with the piano. Um, I think it's a really fun song. Uh, you know, it, it, it takes a beating because people think it is a blatant rip off attempt of rock and roll night or shout it out loud. And it is kisses is an anthemic band. That's what it is. Um, but how can you not like, how can you not love the kiss at the end? Tasha Thomas, Ray Simpson, and Hilda Harris, the kiss tomorrow and tonight. I think it's stupid. I don't think there's a need for it. I mean, this isn't that I don't get it. It's, it's not rock and roll. I don't mind it. I just think it's stupid and unnecessary. It, it like I just said, it's not rock and roll. It doesn't really belong here. And it's interesting too because the version that's on a live two, I think, sounds great. And that's actually a sound check recording that's on a live two. It's not mm-hmm. part of the tour. Um, this song was never played live by Kiss until Kiss Cruise 7 in 2017, which I thought was very interesting. And the fact that these fucking songs, on the cruises are not out there and available to us is a fucking joke. Well said. I'm with you, brother. Yep. But uh, tomorrow tonight, I, I-, I like it. I think it's a really fun. It's what Kiss is all about. I think it's a fun song. Ah. We each get a chance. Tomorrow tonight, written by Paul Stanley. Paul Stanley. Paul Stanley. By the way, quick trivia, Zeus, before you jump in here. Uh, one of the background vocalists, Ray Simpson, that I mentioned, he replaces who the p- Joe, the policeman from the what's going down episode of that's my mama. <laughs> he replaces the cop in the village people. Yep. yep, yep. Coming soon on album review crew, village people, <laughs> macho man.
3: Yeah, you're right. Paul trying another anthem. It's supposedly very similar to Mott The hooples golden age of rock and roll. If you hear, you can hear it in there. Yep. Um, To me, Tom, you said it's not very rock and roll. I think it's old school rock and roll.
1: Well, it's, I said that little, that, that, the, the cassettes, that, that, that background but I think I that's didn't the think... doo wop, like the 50s. And, that, yeah, ex- the, and, and that's, like, and that was definitely the what they were doing. Sock and hop, fucking stuff. Yep. Like that uh, 50s, 60s classic stuff. I got you. It's got the youth
3: rebellion lyrics. Like Chuck Berry could have written this stuff. Listen to the teachers, bosses, and the preachers. And never done nobody good. Yep. Fuck it. It's so fucking, it's a party song. So fucking catchy as hell. The guitar fills on the second verse by Ace is fucking awesome. Yep. Awesome. Paul's lyrics, it it goes back to what he, like, people are talking about, like, writing lyrics and songwriters. It's not just the, what you're trying to express. It's like the words that you choose, the way you sing it, Make something like, okay, it doesn't fit the song as well, but the way you sing it, that word, that emphasis on that word makes the song work. Like even something stupid, Sella and Fella, that shit fucking is so stupid, but it fucking works. Catchy as hell, yep. What I think this is a fucking sloppy rock and roll guitar, fun track. And what I think of this song, I think of like Aerosmith's Chip Away at the Stone, I Doc think of fucking Rod Stewart's fucking well, actually, uh, faces there. Um, uh, stay with me. Stay that with fucking me. sloppy guitar, and everyone's jumping in. You could picture playing this song in a small stage, like the Stones. Ever see that fucking black and white documentary of the Stones? Their early concerts, and fans just jumping, and they're like playing it, like fucking yeah. avoiding people and shit. Yep. Like I could picture yep. Kiss in a small club, and chicks and everybody jumping the stage, and them trying to play this. I can picture fucking Aerosmith playing, uh, you know, chip away this, that, gr- that fucking sloppy, fucking cranking guitar. Same yep. thing with this. And just, again, words that are emphasis, these little fucking earworms. Are you happy, baby? I've been waiting. Yep. Paul's fucking um, New York accent comes out. Oh, wicked. So strong on this fucking song. It's yep. not even funny. Um, yep. And he does that a lot. You can hear Paul's fucking accent come out uh, on a lot of Kiss songs. But this one, holy oh, shit. Working like a dog, baby, all day long. Tell <laughs> you what I'm going to do. That shit. Yep. I love he, it. That New York accent is just and the solo rocks. And before it starts, Paul with this. woo and the guitar just goes <laughs> off. Like, again, I can picture a small fucking little stage and people just jumping up and down and just partying to the song. Yep. Again, can, you know, you can hear the little piano going. Um, The background singers, again, with that feminine sounding back and vocals at the end. Well, this time, at least they have the fucking kiss hat. And before the drums and vocals, Paul says, I love it. Tomorrow and, and then they, they get in. like, yep. yeah. Yep. Uh, just... Those little things and then tomorrow and tonight, tomorrow it just I'll, I'll tell you again when I when I when I play these album reviews, I, I'm I don't get much chance in the cars these days until unless I'm fucking driving a hockey practice um or dropping my kid off in school and back and forth. I've been playing this. The songs yep. that pick up, like Talia picked up on this song and yep. was like easy, like this song is so fucking catchy. Yeah, how do you not it, like this song? Exactly, it's you might be worm. like, you know what I mean, like other stuff. Once you get into it, you're like, oh, that's a better song. That's better. But what's quick to adapt and stays in your head? You're walking away thinking tomorrow. It's classic Paul Stanley. It's classic hooky chorus. Paul Stanley said exactly, and yeah. that's why I said if I needed somebody to bet my life on, that would write something that I would like. Anybody in the world, I would say Paul Stanley's gonna write you something. Can do it. Life. Agreed. Yep. I fucking love the song if you can't tell. Nice. Next. Let's go. All right. Love gone. <laughs>
1: All right, you got the title track here. Um, you know, get it out of the way first. Yes. Is there fatigue for this song? Of course there is. Does anybody really need to seek it out and hear it again? Probably not anytime soon. That being said, the song is fucking amazing. It is a stone cold fucking classic for a reason. The song rips. That intro machine gun drum coming in there. I really love you, baby. I mean, the Paul just fucking sounds insane. The chorus is amazing. There are so many things to fucking love about this song. Yes, we've heard it a bazillion times. They play it in every concert since the song was released. Paul fucking loves the song. He says it's quintessential kiss. And he says it's one of his, quote, five signature essential songs he absolutely loves this um he quotes a lot of the, the, the things that were you know taken from the song the hunter booker t and the mgs also recorded by uh, you know albert king and ike and tina turner blue chair free all that stuff we've talked about this stuff when we talked about zeppelin you know when zeppelin talks about in uh and how many more times they talk about the the idea of the love gun from that the hunter and uh zeppelin again used that and we talked about that but it, but as far as far as this song goes, it, it's just iconic, classic kiss. And the reason we're probably sick of it, perhaps, is because it's that good. Any song that has fatigue to it is because it's so good. It continues to get played, and I love it. I love it when they play it live. I think he I think he does it. He owns it. He knows the song is great, and I love it. I think the chorus is fantastic. the The one weird thing about this is that it doesn't really have. A standalone solo the solo is kind of going on as the song is fading out with the you know with the repetitive love gun love gun you can hear the the noodling and what would i guess count as the solo for this song but like unlike the other songs it doesn't really have a standalone solo but either way i I love it and of course those those machine gun drums are just classic it's just classic kiss
3: love gun written by paul stanley (laughs) So this charted to number sixty-one on U.S. Billboard One Hundred. I believe it was the second single released. Paul supposedly is the bass on this. Uh, Eddie Kramer keyboards, and a guy named Steve Korff played the drums on this on the demo. Now yep. there's a point on this. He says that Peter couldn't play the kick drum patent on this, so another drummer was brought in. They don't say who. I'm assuming that was him. Yep. Um, you know, again if he can take a shot at Peter, he's fucking taking it. No fucking qualms about it. Uh, supposedly the song was written. Now, I've seen a couple places that have said that it's on a flight to New York. I think Paul put that in his book, but other most people say, and I've seen Paul say it, too, on a flight to Japan.
1: Yes. Uh, yep. Japan okay. seems to be the, the one. On the, yeah.
3: on the box set, on behind the mask. In Paul's book, he says New York, so I don't understand but uh, yep. the song set, he came, it came to him, and in its entirety, the melody, the lyrics, the instrument parts, everything complete. He stole the idea from Love Gun from Albert King's version of The Hunter, which we always talk about because I always brag about this, how that part of The Hunter got put into one of my favorite Zeppelin songs of all time in the middle of how many more times, and Paul picked that up, even though in how many more times, he doesn't say the gun part. He says, my love. Yeah. Um, and the other one, he does say Love Gun. They recorded the demo at Electric Lady. It's and, and Paul says that version of the demo is basically how it comes out. And he says he still gets the chills when he thinks of Love Gun. And you're right. He talks about being the best I've ever, one of the best I've ever written. I, it's probably the song I enjoy playing the most.
1: And you could see that when he plays it live, you know, he, he loves it.
3: Like he He loves loves to brag. Like that's my song. Like you can tell he's not like this. Isn't a band effort. This is fucking me. I did this. Yep. (laughs) The legendary machine gun drums opening and riff. Now this just his voice. No place for hiding, baby. No place to run. I fucking love that. I'll never get fatigued of that because it's like fucking like he's like telling you like you forget it. You ain't I'm a, hiding from I'm you. a stalker and I'm coming I, to get you. Yeah, you, you fucking give up. Fuck off. Yep. I'm getting you. Uh, and then the machine gun before dr, dr, love gun. Because otherwise I'd be like, oh, this is another cycle circus fucking uh Ugh. uh chorus. Psycho circus love gun. But yep. he drags the love gun out and you get the br, 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 love gun. It works. Yep. Uh, backing vocals are fantastic on them. The drums leading into the quick solo. Oh my God. There's also one little tidbit. And when we reviewed smashes, thrashes and hits, I talked about it a little bit on that version of the song. After the solo plays out, they cut out Paul's part of saying love gun over the solo. That makes the song so much better. I'm with you. Cause I would rather hear that guitar playing. And then you have the faint background vocals singing. Now, mind you, they fucked that up with the drums on that whole album, but I love how that guitar is more out there and ahead of everything, and Paul's voice isn't drowning it out. Um, It's just a great guitar outro. It's just, it gets a beating because it's, well, you know, they have to play Love Gun. No one really gets fatigued of Detroit Rock City, but they get fatigued of this. Yes. I think this gets more beaten than well. I love it loud, but you know, Love Gun's been in the set list a lot longer. Yep. Um, this takes a
0: beating. I, 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 you
3: know, I, you I know. I'm, I, I think, I'm thinking I think out loud, Tom. Do you ever get to the point where you're like, dude, I really want to hear Love Gun? I've never said to myself, I want to hear Love Gun live.
1: No. And I think, I think because it it is played all the time, it's on every single compilation that's ever existed. Um, and I also think it's a because it's a simple song, like it's it, it's kind of a basic kiss song which doesn't make it bad because most kiss songs are basic um but i think it you, you bring up a good point why are we not sick of detroit rock city but we might be sick of love gun i think it might be just as simple as detroit rock city is just a better song just a better song period yeah you know but
3: he didn't write detroit rock city by himself correct if which you, is why
1: he's proud of love gun
3: yeah and yep. most importantly love gun is paul talking about what What are these clowns? Kiss? You don't know who Kiss is? No. Never heard of them. They look like idiots to me. No, no, no. Dude, these are four of the smartest guys who ever lived. They're these Jewish guys that grew up in New York, and they put on guitars and makeup to get girls, and all their songs are about fucking.
2: I'm listening.
1: Seriously, this song is called Love Gun, and it's about Paul Stanley's dick. How this girl's going to get some of his dick.
0: Cool. No could sing like that. No, no, they couldn't at the time. That's why they had to dress like clowns.
1: This has got them girls? Get this. They've been getting pussy non-stop for 30 years. They're probably fucking right now. They're old dudes. They put makeup
0: on and it's all so good. No shit. You pull the trigger of my...
3: So after playing that, I don't think much needs to be said, right? That's it. Anyway, let's go, you fucking hooligan.
1: Hooligan, here we go. Here we go. Here comes the first one. We might get into a little bit of an argument here. (laughs) All right. Look, here's the big problem for me with hooligan. I will start off by saying that I love this song. Music. (laughs) Other than Black Diamond, it might be my favorite Peter Chris song. Yes, I just said that out loud. Here's the problem with the song. It may be lyrically (laughs) the worst song in the entire KISS catalog. (laughs) It is. The most nonsensical, stupid fucking mad lib lyrics in the cattle. They make zero sense. It's it's one stupid shit after another. Don't you think
3: like this is something like in your music class in junior high, your teacher says come up with a song
1: that no, because they would do better. <laughs> OK, but the thing I love about this song and it's interesting because you just said that you don't like it. I love the music in this song. I love the way the drums, the drums are shuffling with like a weird kind of groove. And it's like that little, that little nah, 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 with the guitar, the lyrics are so bad. It's hard to get past it, but I really love what's going on with the music. The chorus is stupid, but it's a sing-along chorus with a little bit of the gang vocals. And then I loved as the outro of the song. Peter just kind of ripping it up and ad-libbing with a lot of his vocals, a lot of his kind of scatting and attitude kind of shit like that. He says, hooligan is an old term for a gangster, a punk. My grandmother always used to call me a hooligan. You're nothing but a hooligan. You're running around with street gangs. He said in Stan Penridge, Peter's longtime buddy and you know song co-writer said that he, I heard Peter use the word hooligan in a conversation. I, I I've always liked the song. I just think lyrically, I, I'm not going to defend it lyrically, but musically, I think it's a very cool song. One problem I have here, we're talking about how dumb the lyrics are. and This is how This is how. you know that, that was, there was no thought put into this song. You dropped out of school when you were 22. Why the fuck are you still in school at 22 unless you went to graduate school like me or law school like you when you were 22? Why? You don't drop out of school at 22. You I'm fucking a- graduate, you idiot. Uh, eight years of college down the drain. That's exa- That's exactly <laughs> it. That's,
3: but I think that's the joke, like that he's fucking 22 and he still hasn't graduated.
1: No, see, I think you're giving him too much credit. I think he realized that 22 rhymes with another <laughs> word. I, I'm a hooligan. I won't go to school. Gonna, I gotta. Uh, I went down to the candy store. If <laughs> I had a nickel, I'd buy some more. Why are you buying candy at 22? It's mad. That's the thing. You dropped out of school when you're 22, but you're going to the candy store. Like, what? <laughs> this makes no sense, you idiot. But yet I love the song. But but,
3: but then why can't he satisfy you? What? Am I talking to a girl? I'm a hooligan talking about me. And now I'm trying to pick up a girl in the middle. And of why do you have a 35 Chevy on a
1: 55 frame? Like, that doesn't even make any and sense. Not, and, 19, and, and now you, you can't see? spell your name. <laughs> in 1977. So you have a 35 Chevy on a 55 frame. Can't even spell my name. I'm telling you, it, it, it's, like, it's like they're playing like family feud.
3: Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I can yeah. picture somebody technically 77. That's like somebody what? That's uh, you're talking about. What is that? 22 years. Yeah, but why? You, so, but you, I'm you, just saying like you're talking about a car. Of course, like, it's possible. You're, you're talking about someone driving a 2000 car. Yeah, I know yeah. people. I do bankruptcy all the time. I have people come in. And they're like, "Yeah, I got a 1999 Ford Escort." <laughs> like,
1: do oh. they also say that they can't spell their name? <laughs> some of them can't. <laughs> some of them probably. <laughs> that's why they're filing bankruptcy. Problems <laughs> won't be so corny. Oh, stop going to the candy store. Well, it's only a nickel. I could buy some more. I don't. It is That's fun. why I think this song. This song is just a fucking punching bag. Musically, I love it. I love it. I it love is- it. It is beyond stupid. Let's be bold. Okay. It's Go ahead. Beyond
3: stupid. Hooligan. is your boy, and you're not even gonna defend this. They're written by Peter Chris and Stan Penrich. Stanley the parrot. <laughs> I guess every time we say Stan Penrich, he's like the he's the other post away. Oh, would you write a big hit with Stan Penrich? <laughs> Anyways, yes, Peter's grandma used to call him a hooligan. Stan said they would write songs or sayings, or things called Peterisms. I love that. I'm like, then why isn't there a fucker? Yeah. Why aren't there songs called Fucko? (laughs) Uh, Written along with the song called Love Bite. I'll play a little clip of that here.
0: Call me tonight. Kiss me here, kiss me there. You can get me anywhere. love i feels so so right. The vibe is calling me tonight. Baby, when it first met, I never shared it then. I took it to the driving show. Oh, baby, won't you let me know tonight? Tonight? Tonight?
3: That didn't make the cut. Why didn't that make the cut, Tom? It's fucking horrible. Wow, dude. That is so bad. I love Peter.
0: I do too. It seems I do. like
3: like his own stuff when he's on his own. I could find deep cuts off his solo albums that I really like. But when it seems like his kiss shit that didn't make the album, like I'm like, there's a reason why I didn't make the album. This is fucking horrendous. What the fuck is this? Like the other one that came out on the Destroyer box set. I'm like, "Uh, music sounds good. Peter's voice is good. This song sucks. It's not good. Yeah, It's not good. Um, Stan thought the song lost its spontaneity and fun and replaced with crunch and hype. What? Where
1: is the well, hype? <laughs> hype? Whoa, no one whoa, talks Peter about Chris
3: this. Is, Peter Chris has got a song called Out Hooligan.
1: Nobody talks about this. There is no hype. I'm the only one I know that talks about this song. With Kiss, there's always an element of overkill with
3: everything that's involved with them. What does that have anything to do with this song? He's just shitting I'm Like, dude. And what that reminds me of, it reminds me of every fucking TV movie adaptation of any band that has turmoil, that's a girlfriend jumps in with one of the members, oh, or yeah. a fucking hanger on comes in. Yeah, and yeah. gets in the ear of one of the stars. You don't yep. need them. You don't need this shit. Yep. You like Stan Pender's like, oh, we wrote Beth together, buddy. We did this. We're you know, you don't need them. Peter's like, yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. <laughs> the song Meanwhile- still sucks, Peter. <laughs> Meanwhile, he's like, <laughs> flash. Forward a couple of years, he's on Phil Donahue defending himself from being a homeless guy underneath a bridge. What oh, the Peter. F- great, Peter. great call, Stan. Fucking Jesus. Oh, and I mercy. love it. I'm the Peter fan of this fucking podcast. Uh, just, and you know, Corky came, comes up with the line. He says, Corky, <laughs> Corky, Corky says he came up with the line. I'm a hooligan. And he added, don't want to go to school again, <laughs> saying that's my big claim to fame. Dude, if that's your claim to fame.
1: Lee, you <laughs> should have left that out of the book. <laughs> exactly, that's just not good. It's um, just not good.
3: And he says that they, you know, kiss would. This is Corky Bootcheck talking again. <laughs> he says that they would record like half songs kissing them. And Peter was writing lyrics on the spot. Which kind of kind of seemed to contradict the demo story? If him and uh, Stan did these demos of the two songs and brought them in, how is he changing the lyrics on the fly? I don't know. Oh, um, the demo. Peter says in his book he thought his song "Hooligan" was butchered. What do you think? Here's a little bit. <laughs>
1: the demo is a fucking disaster the, the, i love peter the demo is horrific the fact that they turned it into this is a miracle the demo's uh, the, 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 the demo sounds like something they would play at al's unhappy days which is fine cuz i know that's his style it's a t- t- terrible song i like it go ahead i know you like <laughs> it better than the i know i know i can tell i can i can tell by your face you like it better than the album version
3: tom I like it I like it I like it I like that they don't have that fucking Corky boot check line <laughs> Won't go to school again So stupid Whoa, whoa no I love that solo, solo. Um, The lyrics are just stupid Tom. It's so bad It's, <laughs> okay. it's, it's, it's horrible <laughs> It's just it's embarrassing. Like it is. This is the poster child. And when people are like kiss, that's nonsense. <laughs> exactly. It's that. you can't Ooh. defend it. Hooligan. <laughs> Who is that? I think they should call, they, like a song. They wrote another song called I'm a Rascal. <laughs> oh <laughs> um, my grandma called me a rascal. Like it's just fucking dumb. Is fucking beyond dumb. The it's drums bad. and guitar are fine. The solo is pretty cool. Um, I like at the end where he says every like every chick in town loves me. I like when the melody and the song change a bit at the end. Do you notice that at the end? Dun, 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 like whatever that little like 10 seconds or 15 yep. seconds yes. the song changes. Yep. Um, and you know, they say Paul may have played that part, that outro out. Uh, but I agree with Peter, the demo is better.
1: Um, Oh boy. Okay. Not
3: a fan of the song. Just not.
1: Almost human. I'm really going to have to go to bat for this one here. Uh, first of all, Gene loves this song. He, he thinks he, he's a huge fan of this song. I don't understand the hate for this song. It is the demon at his best. It's a story about a werewolf. You know, he loves that. It's like the Jekyll and Hyde stuff. You're a human being, but you're only kind of a human being um obviously we always laugh about the intro it sounds like he's taking a dump um i think this is just perfect gene simmons demon uh it's got a really cool riff they brought in a guy named jimmy malin who plays like the uh the congas you know the bongos whatever you want to call them i think that adds a really cool kind of freaky vibe to the song when i was a little kid when i first got this album i told you i picked up i got this from my cousin i was five years old the chorus used to actually scare me because of that haunting vocal. Like I'm almost human. It was like, it was like creepy in it, 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 the lyric. And then you got to, like with Gene, like the whole song captures the image of what he's trying to do of that, that monster, that werewolf, that half man. I think the solo is super cool. Cause it's just like a noise riff. It's not even like a true solo. It just, it's just ACE is kind of mangling the whole thing. Um, This has always been another I, I think I hold This song close to me Because it's Gene It's true demon and it's a true deep gut The song really exists nowhere But on Love Gun And I just think it's a really fucking cool Tune Almost Human Written by Gene Simmons
3: The conga drums is by Jimmy Malin I believe Gene plays the rhythm on this too as well uh, Gene says it's about a book on lycanthropes. I don't know if I'm saying it that's correctly. The, the, that's the technical term for a werewolf. Yep. yep. And Jekyll and Hyde. You're a human but only kinda. Uh, it was uh, based upon the lyric because Gene has that lyric book that he has. Oh, that sounds like something I could make a song about and write shit in like While the City Sleeps or Murder in High Heels. Uh, it's from a movie, a Lon Chaney movie in 1928 West of Zanzibar. One minute, you're a fiend, and the next, you're almost human. Um, and anyways, uh, Gene says that's him on guitar. Gene, if you look at this in a row in those middle albums, he goes from being like mysterious, not talking much, whatever, into now God of Thunder on Destroyer, the Dr. Love on Rock and Roll Over. Now he's almost human. This is his demon guy more than anything. The toilet.
1: uh,
3: uh, Uh, It's funky. It's actually it's like a 70s urban 70s kind of song. Uh, You know, and that again, there it is the third time. I'm almost human. Weird and creepy. Female backing vocals. It's like trippy and dreamy a little. Like, it's all yeah. like there's like something flashing in there. Yep. Um, it's this dreamy little version. The solos, meh. You know, the outro and the solo kind of a little, remind me of God of Thunder. A lot of like, what the fuck's that noise in the back? It's of just rah- noise. Rah- yeah.
0: Rah- 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 rah-
3: it's like all sorts of fucking weird shit. It's a little stupid. <laughs> Let's be honest. The lyrics are of a little stupid. It is. But if you believe in gene, you believe in the demon, the gene, the character, and all that stuff. You get into this. I'm listening for you.
0: The, the lyrics on
1: any stupider than what God of Thunder is. God of Thunder is revered as a fucking legendary. Oh, God Kiss of Thunder. is awesome compared to this lyric.
3: But can you imagine? Can you imagine? This is the other poster child. Someone goes to uh, <laughs> Lindsey Buckingham or Stevie Nicks. Hey, ah. Uh, Take that song out of here. you really want to put a song on your Rumors album? Here's a great song written by Gene Simmons. It's
1: called Almost Human. <laughs>
3: what? <laughs> I'm very hungry. No, 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 no. You got to, you got to, Steve, you got to do it like this.
1: I'm
0: very, very hungry. You're
1: what I'm thinking of. Ooh, baby, baby, baby. <laughs> oh, I fucking love it. How can you not love this? Oh. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Let's get our cocks
3: fucking put in plaster, Tom.
0: Ooh. <laughs>
1: Plaster caster another iconic classic intro. That baseline line, that <laughs> guitar kicks in, and then you just got Gene doing a, a to- another thing with his voice. Now he, Gene is like doing his singing voice. He's not really the demon per se. Still is, but not as big as the almost human demon. Um, of course, the story is based on the famous Cynthia Plastercaster. Um, she it's funny, she says, uh, when, she, when I heard about the song, I wasn't thrilled. Cause I had never intended to cast kiss. I felt that in writing the song. Gene was sending out a message to the world that he hadn't been cast or that I should do him. I wasn't that much of a kiss fan over the years. The song has grown on me. It's very catchy. Um, the song is, is, it's fucking legendary. It, one of my favorite things about this song is Paul's background vocals that you can clearly hear on all these songs. I think it's Eddie Kramer's production the way that there's a lot of room in between the instruments and the vocals both lead vocals and background vocals the baseline the way the song hooks into the chorus plaster cast or grab a hold of me faster if you i mean it's what can you say about the song it's fucking amazing it's one of my all time favorite kiss songs and it's just a fucking standout on a standout album
3: Plaster Caster written by Gene Simmons. I think Gene plays rhythm on this one. Yeah, is written by Cynthia about Cynthia Plaster Caster Albatron who made Celebrity Cox. What a <laughs> she night. she what got a- drunk off a of Cox one night and then uh, <laughs> What a nice career. Yeah. And um apparently though Tom at one point I guess she lent the Cox to Frank Zappa's legal partner Herb Cohen.
1: Oh boy. And
3: had to sue to get them back afterwards.
1: I hate um, when that happens.
3: Yeah. Dude, you can't be passing out cocks like that. You got to get them back. Uh, Gene says it's written as an ode to groupies. Um, you already talked about the fact. She's like, yeah, I don't want that ugly guy thinking. People thinking I banged him.
1: I got a reputation to be old. Okay. Yeah, right. Yeah, I'm a, I'm an honorable woman.
3: <laughs> yeah. The baseline opening is fucking insane. Then the guitar. Then the drums. Tom, this is Gene's Beatle voice. Yes, um, you know the demon voice prior to this. This is Gene's Beetle voice. The pre-chorus is awesome. The chorus is even fucking better. I love how the first chorus isn't a callback yet. Yep, and then the second time, um, every time he says the word "collection," Ace does that little guitar fill. It. It. Oh my god, it's so talk good. about earworms! This whole song is full of them. Full yep. of them. The solo is great and nice. The fucking, it's just fucking catchy as all hell. It probably is my favorite callback song that I can think of. I can't think of another one that I like better than this. Not just Kiss. I'm talking about any fucking band. I love the slight change in the ending chorus. My love to Laster, Laster, Laster. And she calls me by the name of master, Master. I've always loved that
1: line. Yep. Ace's outro is fucking awesome it's amazing Fuck. it's
3: yep. just just fucking going I, I I love this fucking song vocals yep. guitar the lyrics the backing vocals different subtleties of this song she can't wait that sounds yep. like Gene is doing a British voice maybe it's an ode to his tip in the hat to the Beatles that he's trying to copy on this and yep. my love is in her hands
1: I love that right that sounds yep If you listen to the song, baby's
3: getting anxious. You almost think it's a Beatles song and he builds it up. My love is in her hands. Yep. There's no more. It just builds. His voice is building and building and building. And then um, on the solo before the solo, go on, ask her. It's awesome. Yeah. And you know what I love? Instead of the go on, ask her before the solo. If you notice a little subtlety on on the unplugged version. He yells out, "Bruce!" Oh, that is so awesome when he does that. Oh, yep, I love that. I yep. love calling out the guitar player before the solo starts. I it's
1: badass. Like, it always yeah. were. It always is. And then fucking Poison ruined it with CC Deville. Pick up that. <laughs> Don't ruin my Love Gun episode by talking about Poison. Come on, man. Ugh. CC,
3: pick up that dildo and fuck me. Oh,
1: gross. Terrible.
3: Um, there's also that Kiss rocks Vegas. Not to be confused with Tough Rocks Honduras, but <laughs> yeah. Kiss Rocks Vegas. <clears throat> a real slow. I don't know if you have that, Tom. It's a I real do. slow down version. It's almost mm-hmm. like they're fucking on drugs or something of yeah. acoustic song version of this. The Lemonheads actually do a pretty decent version of this on Kiss My Ass as well. Wait, wait until we get to that one. Yeah. Ooh. I can't say enough about this song as far as, and I love the fact that they did it on Unplugged. No, oh, this yeah. was always one of my favorite deep cuts, deep cuts. And still, I think it can be called a deep cut because people don't like yes. when you hit like top 15 or 20 songs for someone to say that they want Kiss to put in the set list. Yep. I don't see anybody saying, oh, Plaster Caster. I think it wouldn't be on any- top 20, maybe top 50. It wouldn't be yeah. on there for Probably me. Maybe
1: fucking one of the greatest Kiss songs of all time. Nice. Now let's go to this one. Wait, no, no, there's no more songs on this album, remember? That's it, there's no more songs <laughs> Plastic Cast is the last song on this album, right? You wish, go ahead <laughs> Oh, boy, there's always got to be something that's got to take an album from being a perfect 10 to not a perfect 10. Motherfucking Paul Stanley. You gotta ruin my album with this. Why? Why? Why would you do this? You are, you are on top of the world right now. Why would you have not taken All-American Man and put it on this instead of throwing it on side four of a live two or something or just ended the album with Plaster Caster? Uh, Even Paul, and it it annoys me even more that Paul even says that we fucked up. He's like, he's like, this is a great song. It needs to get redone. Like I want to hold your hand needs to get redone. It's a song you don't mess with. No shit. I I don't understand what you're doing here. It it, it is mind blowing. Oh yeah. But my favorite,
3: but Tom, before he even said that line, Paul said, one thing you'll never get from me
1: is bullshit. Okay, first of all, that's all we get from you. So <laughs> I thought stop.
3: that was insane that he said that. I, I, I'm like, I think that has to be the stupidest line he's ever said. Ever said. I yeah. think if you put up, yeah, I don't know if that would, that could be a poll. What is more believable? Paul saying one thing you'll never get from me is bullshit, or Gene saying we do everything. When the fans talk,
1: we listen. Yeah. That, that could be a good poll. That's
3: a great poll. Which one is more bullshit?
1: But I, I just, it's completely unnecessary, and it and it takes a, a perfect album, and it, it just drops it down. The only saving grace is that it's the last song on the album. So I can play this, I can play the album straight through, no skips, and then just stop it at Plasticaster. That's all I can say. Yeah. Um.
3: All right. Then She Kissed Me, written by Jeff Barry, Ellie Greenwich, and Phil Spector. Yes, that wacky, murdering, shooting women on dates, <laughs> Phil Spector guy. Yep. Um, it's a gender-reversed revo- cur- uh, cover of the Crystals' 1963 hit. The Crystals who sang, uh, "He uh, he's a rebel, the do, run, 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 uh, and obviously then he kissed me. Uh, if you know that this song is the beginning of uh, uh, Adventures in Babysitting, Tom,
1: with fat Elizabeth Shoe. Hey, 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 hey. No, 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 no. She's a little
3: bit fat in the ass. In this.
1: Ooh, she's chunky, but funky in those movies.
3: I mean, she's hot. Dude, yeah. I don't care how fat
1: she is. Fucking. Yeah. She's hot.
3: Yeah. But she was a little fat in the ass. That's all. Yeah, that's okay. And uh, it's also the beginning scene of Ray Leota and Lorraine Brockle entering the Copacabana on their first date in Goodfellas.
0: Hmm.
3: Still doesn't help. <laughs> The Beach Boys cover version of this went to number four in the UK. That was another one. A a bunch of artists had done this. Oh, yeah. In in the US, it made it to number six in Rolling Stones. 2004 was number 493 of the top 500 song. Pitchfork had a number 18 on the list of 200 greatest songs of the 60s. And Billboard had a number eight of 100 greatest girl group songs of all time. Yet Paul says, yeah, let me do this song. Fucking idiot.
1: Well, one thing you'll
3: never get from Paul, uh, Paul Tom, is uh, bullshit. So.
1: No, never, never, no.
3: Uh, Corky Buchack,
1: yeah, said, please
3: said they were thinking of doing Jailhouse Rock. Or uh, can you imagine? By... Yeah,
1: can you fucking imagine if they did an Elvis song on this? If they did Jailhouse Rock, then Peter better have sang it. If he's doing a fifty song, my
3: God. Uh, Gene says, or go now. By the Moody Blues. What the fuck? Why are you doing any covers (laughs) for fuck's sake? Why? Uh, It's the last song they recorded on May 21st, according to Corky Buchek. It's a classic song. It's a good song. It's like a fucking you think of the 60s song. But again, it just doesn't make sense. Do I mind when this plays? No, I think it's a good version, good cover. But it should be on like hard rock artists do songs of the 60s compilation.
1: Yeah, it shouldn't be on Love Gun
3: thank you exactly it should be one of those fucking you know albums they do for charity and somebody everyone's doing
1: different songs yes um but there's some sort of clicking sound i love it that's my favorite part of the song what is that i think that's i I don't know what that's called it's like the fucking magnificent dawn moroccos <laughs> it's, it's, it's like a not a canasta. That's like a fucking. It, it's Bimberine. something cast
3: castanet castanet yeah, so I, don't know, that, I don't know what the
1: fuck it is. That's the only thing that keeps me interested in this song, which plays a little it. a lot
3: faster at the end. Yeah. Again, decent version. I think the solo is pretty decent. I don't know if that's Paul or Ace. I don't know. You never can fucking know this shit. You know, right, you see right, different things. Right. There's also a version of this song that rumor has it that they played this song with an orchestra in w- in one point. Why and I can't picture fucking Eddie Kramer having an orchestra in this. No, me neither. But that's what the rumor is that there's a version of this with an orchestra in it.
1: That doesn't make it better. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oof, take a
3: breath. <laughs> that is love gun. Overall thoughts.
1: All right. Uh, the album is hugely important to me. Um, there's a ton of I made a list of things here about why this album sticks out for me aside from the nostalgia. Um it's the first album where all four members sing. One of the things I really love about this album is I think it's a it's a, it's a it's a unique album because it's got a mix of the mega hits like shock me, love gun, I stole your love. It's got those mid-tier hits, you know, Christine 16, Plaster Caster maybe. And then it's got a ton of fucking awesome deep cuts. It's got almost human. It's got gut love for sale. It's got hooligan. You know, it's got the anthemic tomorrow and tonight. I think it checks off all the boxes on what I want when I put on a kiss album. I think Ace's solos kill it. Um the the the, the, the album is a mix of very poppy and melodic songs, like like tomorrow and tonight or like plastic caster. But then it's got the real hard, kick-ass songs like I Stole Your Love and Love Gun and in the, in the Deep Gene songs. So I, I think there's a lot going on here that it, that attracts me to this album. It's not just one thing all across the board. Uh, and, and I think that's, that's why I love the album. That being said, I'm going to be completely honest. I think all the songs on this that are on a live two sound way better on a live two. That's 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 just me, yeah. And I'm and and I'm. It's it's rare for me to say that because I, I I'm usually a studio guy, but I think the songs like "I Stole Your Love" and "Love Gun" and "Shock Me" with the Ace solo, I think they just stand out. I mean, I don't want to spend too much time talking about that because we're not talking about a live too. But um, I just think there's a lot to love about this album, and I think it satisfies all the things you want for for as a Kiss fan.
3: For me, it's part of the legendary uh, uh, part of KISS, the middle song, middle albums, the last of the big six. Yep. After Dynasty, it's not the same. Mm-hmm. Okay? It's just not. The solo albums in Dynasty, it's not the same KISS. And When they start these albums at this point, they expect the four people to go in from KISS and the four of them to bang out an album. That's not the same after this. And uh, so it's a little bit bittersweet for me. It's got some of my favorite songs. It's got some uh, others that, you know, over time I find a a little bit overrated, but it's the fucking Love Gun album by Kiss. It's got songs, it's got the cover, it's got nostalgia, it's got everything. So I'm anxious to see where this ranks from you. Again, I don't fucking pick these look at the rankings and pick these until we do this live. I'm not looking. I don't know. I like looking at my list and going, you know what? My instinct's saying, put it here. So I'm kind of interested and curious to do this. I know where yours is going. So uh, at least I think I do. How's that? So let's go and rank these tracks, Tom. Do you want to go first or should I go first, Tom? Uh, You can go first. Go ahead. Take it. Okay. Number 10, pretty predictable,
1: but... Then she kissed me. Yep, me too. Now the re- now the rest of the the, the, the next nine are going to be completely interesting for the two of us. I can't wait to see where we go here. All right, Tom, you knew I was going to pick this number ninth, and
3: I oh, almost yeah. picked this tenth. Honestly, I almost did because I think the other song's a better song, but it's just not rocking. Uh, Hooligan is number nine. Okay, uh, I got
1: tomorrow and tonight at number nine. <laughs> 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 I almost feel like you're doing it to punish me. Are you shitting me? I heard what you talked about this song. Every song on this uh, uh, breaking news, every song on this album could compete for the top two or three spots. Okay. I'll put it to you that way. All right. Thank you. This is not a true, like, one. This is right now.
3: This is for today. Tomorrow and tonight is number nine. All right. (laughs) <laughs> what the fuck? It's not like
1: I don't like something's gotta be number nine. I understand. Okay. All right, number eight for me. I'm almost human. All right, this might surprise you. I got a hooligan at number eight. And you fucking don't stop talking
3: about that song. Whew, yep. You must really love this album, except for number 10, huh? Yep. All right, number seven. Um, ace cult fuck off. Shock me.
1: Wow. This might surprise you too. Number seven, almost human. Yeah.
3: Number six, Tom. You ain't gonna like this. Got love for sale.
1: That's okay. I'll take it. Number six. Love gun.
3: Woo. Fatigue, fatigue, fatigue. Yeah. Uh number five. Christine 16. That's also my number five. This is where Tom says you're fucking crazy. Um, Number four. I stole your love.
1: That is ridiculous, but (laughs) I think the more ridiculous thing is I'm not going to wait. I'm going to wait until you say it. But my God, my God. Uh, Number four, Plasticaster.
3: Now, mind you, Tom. I would say from six and on, there are some of my favorite Kiss songs.
1: Yep. So That's why not, this is impossible yeah. to rank.
3: And even seven through eight, Shock Me and Almost Human, I like those songs. Yep. Uh, number three, Love Gun.
1: Number three,
3: Shock Me. Number two, Tomorrow and Tonight.
1: That is ridiculous. What? <laughs> I love
3: this fucking song. It's the catchiest song on here. Fucking rocks Gold
1: this was rock. the most difficult thing for me to do right here one and two this was like choosing your children this is kissel yeah th- this this is impossible for me to do i gotta go with my gut and ah, even saying it out loud I, I even saying it out loud i feel like i'm victimizing myself uh number two gut love for sale it, Just saying that out loud is is hurtful to me. You were hurt with his words. I
3: was hurt with my own words. Tom, one of my favorites and probably top deep cut for me. I fucking love this song. It is catchy. It's got everything I could ever ask for a kiss song. And I also forgot to mention it's got like fucking like pop culture in it. Plaster casters, my favorite. If I'm going to fucking get a song on shuffle and it's off a love gun. I want it to number my first instinct
1: would be. I hope it's plaster caster. Nice. Yeah. Number one for me. I stole your love. Just Mount Rushmore song for me. It's one of the greats. And I fucking hate that. They don't play it. Can so. you
3: imagine the thought process? Oh, we have to play this. You know, we have to because people will leave this. And that did somebody ever say to Paul? So, Paul, you're, you're under the belief that uh, people would be upset if you took all say Yeah. And you put in, I stole your love. I don't think anybody would in in any concert would ever be like, well, we're say, yeah,
1: it's bizarre.
3: Who, who like of the non kind of kiss fans that know the hits
1: no say, yeah, it was on a live too. You opened up with it on your hot in the shade tour. It's one of your, it's, it's a, it's a perfect opener. And you don't even fucking play it on your end of the road tour. You play half, half of these songs do not belong on that set list, but that's not in there. It's just, ugh.
3: yeah, I get you playing some repetitive song, but if you're going to do a couple deep tracks from obscure fucking albums that you did, you know, God knows when, what the fuck do you not play this song?
0: Yeah. Like, do you have fucking,
3: any idea how much it's rocking and people love it? And it's, it's not it's, my favorite song in this album. I know you're not going to play Plasticaster. I know that's not the song that you should put in over Say Yeah, but no. I stole your love. I would love to hear it and I would love to see what the fans and how they would react if they heard that. I mean, it's just moronic. So I don't know what to say, but yeah, those are the songs, Tom. Now we're going to get to the other fun part. And that is, we're going to rank this
1: against the other kiss albums that we've done. So, so far, the albums that we reviewed studio albums are self-titled kiss. The debut dress to kill rock and roll over now. Love gun. Ace Frehley solo, Gene Simmons solo, Paul Stanley solo, Unmasked, Music from the Elder, Creatures of the Night, Animalize, Asylum, Hot in the Shade, Revenge, Psycho Circus, Monster. Woo. Yep. My album covers. My personal ranking here right now, I got number one, Rock and Roll Over. Two, Creatures of the Night, Gene Simmons solo. Ace Freely solo, Dress to Kill, Kiss Debut, Paul Stanley Solo, Unmasked, Psycho Circus, Hot in the Shade, Revenge, Music from the Elder, Asylum, Monster, and Animalize. Love Gun Number
0: One.
3: <laughs> I knew it was coming without hesitation.
1: Makes sense. All right, Tom. Yep. Um, you just think what? The imagery? Uh, he, he, honestly, I'll, I'll, I'll be completely honest with you. Even without all, all the nostalgia that's tied to it, it's just the most fucking badass. It's just the, the painting is absurdly amazing. And this is my favorite era of the band with those costumes. So, okay. I just love it. Superheroes.
3: All right. I've ranked them in this order. Rock and roll over. Gene Simmons from Kiss. Dress to kill creatures of the night. Ace Frehley, <laughs> Kiss Paul Stanley. Asylum. Monster. Revenge. Psycho Circus Unmasked. Hot in the shade. Music from the Elder. Animalized. I can't see Animalized losing, but that's I don't want to take that far ahead.
0: All right.
1: Number two. I I I I knew I had a feeling. It was. I, I thought there was a chance it could go number one, but I know you love Rock and Roll Over. I it,
3: the imagery of Rock and Roll Over with the flames and all, yeah, the it's shit, it's, the it's, it's, the
1: cartoons, it's it's amazing. I agree. Yeah,
3: yeah. I, I I but Love Gun over the one solo of Gene. Yeah, it's got to yeah. be there. Yeah. So number two for me, Rock and Roll Over is number one. Love Gun nice. two, and then three is Gene. Let's go to the ranking list, and we know what yours is
1: going to be right off the top, Tom. Do you want to read what your rankings are right now? Yes. Number one, right now, I got Dressed to Kill, number one. Then Revenge. K- then Kiss Debut. Then Rock and Roll Over. Then Paul Stanley. Then Unmasked. Hot in the Shade. Asylum. Ace Frehley. Creatures of the Night. Gene Simmons. Animalize. Psycho Circus. Music from The Elder. And Monster. It's number one. (laughs) The least surprising thing in the history of Shout It Out Loudcast was where I was going to rank Love Gun. Uh, Now I want to see what now I'm actually really excited to see what you're going to do here, because I didn't really know what you thought of this album. And you gave this album a lot more praise than I was anticipating. So I'm anxious to see where this is going to fall here. Well, first so you got to tell us. First, you got to yeah. tell us what you got. I'm looking at it, trying to figure it out. Oh, okay, rock and
3: roll over. Number one, then Creatures of the Night, Kiss, debut, Revenge, Paul Stanley, uh, Dress to Kill, Hot in the Shade, music from the Elder, number eight, then oh. Ace Frehley underneath, <laughs> Asylum, Animalized Psycho Circus, Gene Simmons from Kiss, Unmasked, and Monster. Where the fuck am I
1: putting Love God? Holy shit! And you know this works. I can change it tomorrow.
0: Oh um, yeah, the,
1: these rankings don't. Th- these these are right now at this precise moment. Yeah. Oh
3: man. I do could, it. I do could, it. I could put this honestly anywhere in the top six, except for number one. I
1: won't. I know, I know, I know. It's not going to be number one. It's not number one for mm-hmm. me. Come on, make, come on, put, make me feel better. Put on your black leather.
3: Oh yeah, yeah. I'm going to put this at number five. <sighs> I'm putting right. this. So my number, my top five is "Rock and Roll Over," "Creatures of the Night," "Kiss Debut." revenge love gun uh love gun is hurt by then she kissed me almost yeah hooligan so i look at revenge and i'm like not many fucking songs i don't think are awesome Uh, same thing with kiss the debuts got firehouse black Diamond, and deuce so that in and of itself are like no no fatigue on those for
1: me yeah i got with the
3: night is just solid all the way through Rock and Roll Over, again, I mean, part of me is like, why isn't Kiss debut ahead of this while I'm saying this out loud? But Rock and Roll Over, other than See You in Your Dreams, fucking is awesome all the way through. Yeah, Mr. Speed and, you know, Ladies Room and, um, so what is it, um, Love Them and Leave Them, three of my favorite deep cuts by Kiss. Oh, yeah. Oh, I know how you feel about that album. So, yep. I, I don't know. So that's how we think of Love Gun. Love it. I hope you guys like this review. Uh, But we're not done yet because now we're going to do
1: the question of the week, Tom. Yes. And the question of the week comes from fellow Patreon member King (laughs) Kusano, a.k.a. Randy Bosworth. And he actually has a pretty interesting question here. He says, do you think KISS would have been bigger in the 80s if they had kept Bill a coin as their manager? Zeus.
3: Yes. Not even a question. I think Bill was uh, respected by all the members. I think I think Peter respects him. I think Ace respects him. I think Paul and Gene respect him. Well, Paul, up until the point where Bill was having a drug problem, Paul ain't going to respect that. But, yeah, I, I do. I think that he had the touch to deal with all four members. I think he actually got along very well and was loved by Eric. So if you're looking into the 80s now, you've got Eric, and then you've got the rotating guitar players, and maybe he could have been uh, – a middleman to help them with their issues with all the players and make sure that they, the egos and the personalities and the money and all that shit got sorted out. I think it would have been a big help to them rather than their ongoing, like musical chairs that they had with management and stuff.
1: Great answer. I look at it from a different angle. We look at bill coin as the marketing genius, the guy who sold kiss. You give bill a coin MTV this fucking band is going to destroy the universe in the eighties with MTV MTV in the eighties itself was all about marketing and glamor and flash. Kiss did it. They didn't do it very well for us, for us, they did it well, but for the masses, they didn't do it very well. Yeah. They had some lick it up videos. They had some animal eyes with heavens on fire and some, they, they did have videos, but I think if you had bill a coin there, I think they could have just really gone into a different level. I, I like what you said about keeping the band together instead of having that rotating guitar thing. But I think in terms of marketing and sales and flash, the commercialism of Kiss, I think would have just gone off the rails with bill of coin. But shit hit the fan with music from the elder. Uh, you know, Bill was having his drug problems. That it was just they had to they had to separate themselves. But I think he would have been fantastic for them in the eighties if they could have made it work. So, yeah, good point. I didn't
3: even think about that, Tom. You're right. The eighties, MTV, The yeah. visual aspect of the band that wasn't being utilized, the makeup and all that stuff. Yeah, maybe he would have convinced them. Don't take your makeup off. Hold out a little longer. You might too. Be, I'm telling you, it's going to pay off with MTV. This
1: music video stuff is going to really help us. You know, good point. Great question. Randy Balsworth, King Kusana. We love you, buddy. And again, thank you for uh, for your all your contributions on Patreon. And thank you for the question of the week. It's awesome.
3: Yeah. And check your Patreon messages. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> you need, right. You need to get back to us on something, brother. So, yes. Anyway, Tom, where can people find us?
1: Always start with our email address, shout it out loudcast at gmail.com, shout it out loudcast at gmail.com. Please email us comments, uh, suggestions, show ideas, things that you love about the show, things that maybe you don't love about the show. I don't know. Email us, please. We'd love to read the emails during the show. Certain emails we might not read we might keep to ourselves, Zeus and I might discuss amongst uh, each other here, but please email us, and then of course our social media that's where everything for the show the heartbeat of the show is the social media Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, tag us you know if you see something if you get a if you get a kiss gift, if you get something you know if you see a a magazine an album, tag us, post it let's start a conversation about it Let, you know that's what we love. Uh, you can send us DMs too on all those. If something private you want to talk about that you might not want all the uh, the kiss nerds, the kiss tards to jump in, you know, please do that. And of course our Facebook group, the shout it out loud Facebook group is, is an awesome place. People posting funny shit to laugh and entertain us, have a sense of humor uh, if you want to be part of that group, because there's a lot of crazy shit that goes on there. Um, but no, no toxic shit goes on there. So jump on board. Uh, and of course, another huge thank you to all of our Patreons. As we said earlier in the show, you guys are the best. We cannot thank you enough for your generosity. We appreciate everything that you do for us. And we are proud to be part of that Pantheon podcast network. Tons of amazing shows. And we're really proud to be part of that. So please check those out. If you're into rock music or pop music or anything, check them out. And if you're looking for some really cool Shout Out Loudcast t-shirts, check out our friend Ed over at Click T-Shop, Click with a K, Pick up a shout-out Loudcast shirt or a cool album review crew shirt as well.
3: Yeah, and uh, we always want to give a big shout-out to uh, those new Patreon guys, Mike H., Calvin Richards, Justin Steele, and our buddy Jason Warden for that upgrade. Thank you, guys, and we appreciate the support.
1: Absolutely. Uh, You guys rock.
3: Tom, I love the DMs. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Send it to us. Uh, we we really appreciate those. We we take a look at them. We do respond. We don't ever like, you know, share unless you want us to. Uh, right. Those are personal and you can send it to us. Those are our personal private business, Tom. <laughs> um, please subscribe to YouTube. <laughs> YouTube. Our YouTube channel is only a couple away, I think, from 400. Put us over the top. Come on, then- let's do it. And then I'm going to nag you to get us over 500. Oh, it'll uh, never end. Yeah. Yep. So we appreciate that. Uh, that's where I'm telling you, that, that family is growing over there as well. Yep. Uh, don't forget to give us one of those five-star <laughs> child reviews on our podcast. Uh, we get them on iTunes. I believe you can do it now on Spotify as yes, well. Yes,
1: absolutely. Spotify. Yep.
3: Yep. And Podchaser. All those are appreciated. They, it's a big help. It moves us up the food chain. It pops us up on other people's podcasts. Hey, try these guys out. And one other thing I want to bring up because, I, you know, I, we always talk about you guys. It's a brand new year, season four. You guys, you know, have made this podcast the number one kiss podcast. None higher. Um, we see the stats. We know where we are. And um, when I say we, I'm not saying me and Tom. I'm saying us, we. Uh, you guys have done that for us. And I think it's not because we're some charming personalities or our good looks that are, or us getting big name guests on all the time or anything like that. Or
1: I used to work for Kiss. Oh, oh, oh. I'm, I'm good friends with the band. <laughs> or our cutting edge analysis of stupid fucking lyrics. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
3: Or our photos, which are there for your enjoyment, if your enjoyment. If you notice, there's a
1: watermark in the corner, copywritten.
3: It's, yeah, and it's not there for the minutia, fucking. But what's it for oh, then? What the fuck are and, you talking and about? And it's and it's not certainly not for probing questions like, <laughs> do you like Kiss? If Vinnie Vincent showed up (laughs) at your high school reunion, would you say hello,
1: even if you didn't go to high school with him?
3: (laughs) If Paul Stanley threw a free concert, would you go watch him play?
1: Pretty much what Zeus is trying to say is that you guys are the best, and, and you guys are the reason this show is growing and these reviews help, they, they boost the show up, get more visibility, get more listeners. And that's what we want. And we do this all for you guys. You know that.
3: Now, the other part to that is the reason why this show is popular and doing what we're doing is because you guys get that it's fun Absolutely. to talk about Kiss. Yep. It's fun to fucking make up stupid scenarios like, what if Kiss was in It's a Wonderful Life? It's fun to come up with fake fucking Vinny. Small- Vinny, <laughs> I want to live again. I want to be in the band again. <laughs> Bert the cop is now who? fucking Bruce. Bruce the cop. Paul, do you know me, Paul? <laughs> know ya. No, yeah. I've been trying to get you to write Bang Bang You Part 2 for two years. A- Aces Ernie the cab driver. Where the fuck do you want to go? <laughs> A man who sits on his brains all day in his cab. R- Rachel Gordon's in there. <laughs> you like every boy. What's wrong with that? What's wrong with that? Or, or you can meet Sam Wainwright Hee haw, hee haw Ace, how are you? <laughs> oh, See, this is oh, what we're talking about This is the stupid shit, regardless <laughs> Anyways, I want to get us back on track I just want to say It's because of the camaraderie The fucking, the sense of humor That you guys have So me and Ton have had this since fucking college But we found out Thanks to the internet that there are plenty of us out there like you, same-minded, that love this band, that love this music, but can fucking look at it and really <laughs> and get the enjoyment out of it by loving shit like we talked about when, we were, when Tom was talking about where Love Gun fits in his pantheon of Kiss music or how I'm talking about Tomorrow and Tonight. Like that passion. But then fucking... <laughs> read the lyrics to Hooligan and and get it. You guys get that shit. And that's why you guys have propelled us. Me and Tom started this show off way back when in 2019, right? Yep. In 2019 with no listeners, no fans, nothing. Nothing. Two guys from Boston who Googled and looked up on YouTube how to do a podcast. No friends in the industry, nothing. No idea if this would work. Hey, let's talk about Kiss, but let's fucking talk about Jerky Boys, stupid movies from the eighties, quotes, fucking from college, and see if that picks up anything. And let's just have fun. And now look at us—we are the number one ranked Kiss podcast of all of them out there, all of them. Now, someone's gonna say, "Oh, the fucking—they have two thousand fucking views on their YouTube." That's YouTube. That's not podcast, right? So, thank you for that. We hope that the trend that we're on, which is every year, almost doubling our listeners every year, that's what it's been like. We hope that we'll continue that. And the only way we'll do that is with you guys. We're not changing anything. We're going to stay the same. We're going to be real this year. We have plenty of things coming your way. The big thing that we've been hyping since last year is not done yet. Not done yet. It's almost done. And we can't wait to unleash that on you guys. We're going to have a fucking insane month in this month in January. You got a lot of surprises coming your way. Anyway, Tom, anything else you want to add besides that?
1: No, I, I I, I'm with you brother. And I just going to, we started out by talking about asking for the five-star reviews. And I got one right here that I'm going to read. Oh yeah. Uh, And this comes from Apple podcasts from Canada. This comes from hi there, you crazy kids. And this is, I wanted the best and I got the best five stars. This is my favorite podcast and I look forward to it every week. Tom and Zeus always have me in stitches with their brutally honest yet valid opinions on the hottest band in the world. Hell yeah. Thank you from Canada. Hi there, you crazy kids via Apple Podcasts. That's awesome. And we appreciate that so much. We know everybody's busy taking a few minutes out of your time, your busy days to give us that ranking and, and tell us how you feel about the show. We love it more than you guys can imagine. So thank you. You know, that's Connor McDavid
3: while he's sitting out on COVID,
1: right? And No, absolutely. Reviews, reviews on our podcast.
3: Yeah. Of course it is. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah. Tom, before we end, we always end with famous last words from Kiss
1: Lyrics. What do you got there? You buy the magazine. In between the lines, you see my face. You read my name. And you can have me for one price, baby. You must have heard of my fame. I have.
3: I'm very hungry. And you're what I'm thinking of. Ooh, baby. Baby, baby, so hungry for your love. Woo! Yes. Tom, thank you. Kiss Army, thank you. Loudcasters, thank you. We're off to a fucking rocking start 2022. It's only going to get better from here on out. God bless you, babe. Wish you luck in the future.
1: You guys are the best. Thank you guys so much. Uh, we hope you appreciated the first official episode of 2022 it's a banger it's love gun it was long digest it in small pieces if you have to but I, I hope you guys enjoy this i can't wait to hear what you guys think of this album uh you guys now know what i think of it, of it so thank you everybody zeus love you babe
3: peace out girl scout
0: Woo! we love you
3: So one of the thoughts we're, I'm thinking is, what if we, what if we, what if we get a car accident with Arnold and like Ace? What do you think? What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> like that? Holy shit! The fuck? The fuck? You driving all over the road? Got not you pay attention? Holy shit! My fucking back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't look at you! Are you drinking? What the fuck? Are you drunk? You drinking the mellow yellow? You drinking the soda? You drinking the Mountain Dew? You are all over the road! Holy shit! I'm gonna fucking puke! Wait! You fucking don't fucking yell at me! Oh my fucking stomach! Will I hold you? Have room for my fist? Because I'm gonna ram it through your stomach and tear out your fucking spine!
0: Oh shit! fucking gene
2: help me out
3: no (laughs) what do you think
2: it's NFL draft season and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football